You are listening to the Chomcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. We know life is precious and your time is valuable, so thank you for making our show a part of your day. Hopefully we can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. You know, the Chomcast gives you double life experience points. It's true. Just ate some cookie dough and I ate it twice as good while I was listening to the show. Every show is streaming and downloadable at swordchomp.com. We can find Rich's reviews, links to our merchandise and Patreon, podcast, everything you'd want is at swordchomp.com. And of course, go to iTunes, leave us a kind five-star rating, or subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, any major podcast outlet. It means the world to us. Um, and we'll plug our Patreon later, but of course it's patreon.com slash swordchomp. Become a VIP. You know, the thing about waiting this long to release the price and information on your new console means that the ball is inevitably going to get rolling in various places, whether you want it to or not. And that's why we ended up with promotional materials mentioning the Xbox Series S and X price before it was officially announced. That's right. From all places, Pringles. Yeah, Pringles was holding a contest for the new Xbox Series X in South Africa, and a sharp Twitter user uh, took a look at the fine print to find out that it includes both the numbers of the consoles, um, both the number of consoles being given away and the estimated value of those consoles. So they did some simple math, and bam, figured it out. About 300 bucks. The next day, Brad Sims revealed... Um, what looked to be like, I'm uh, sorry, Brad Sam's revealed what looked to be like a still from some sort of leak promotional video, which showed the form and the alleged $300 price of the Xbox Series S, um, which of course does not have a disc drive and the media outlets started exploding because we finally had that fucking price and a picture and wonderful speaker. The memes started flooding in hell. Even the Xbox Twitter account was getting in on the fun um, with that weird, like, peaky Muppet meme, which I actually looked up before the show. It's a monkey Muppet meme. It's the origins of that thing, so the more you know. Um, the cat was out of the bag! And by that, I mean Blink's the Time Sweeper, of course. Huh? Huh? So, <laughs> Boo! And the bag was actually a vacuum, and he was holding it. I gotta get a Blink's the Time Sweeper reference in there at some point. Um... You know, and it was leaked, and then Microsoft decided to make it official. You know, they, they put a ring on it. Bam! Then, and then they officially came out and announced all the information on the Xbox Series S and X, including the November 10th release date and the official price. And now we can discuss that on the show. But here's the real story. The secrecy. You know, even before we were living in a post-COVID world, uh, it took that nasty leak of The Last of Us 2 to force you know, Naughty Dog's hand there to on that June 19th date. And we've been seeing more and more games and, and companies keep things a secret up until the last moment. And the secrecy, I think, is the really interesting thing here. And um, we have countless examples to talk about. Secrets. It will be the topic of the show this week. Um, as a lot has changed in our industry, which is an interesting, you know, parallel to the fact that they still want you to reserve and get all these pre-orders and everything, which is kind of difficult to do when they don't announce the game or the console is coming out until a month after it's going to. So it's just a very interesting time that we live in. That'll be the topic of the show this week. The secrecy surrounding all the announcements in the gaming world. And we have help from you, our patron community. 
um, of the Swordchomp VIP Patreon Instagram page. Uh, we have a bunch of games to talk about as well. Uh, Rainy Season, Kingdoms of Amalur, more Avengers talk, Spiritfarer, uh, Tony Hawk. We have some more follow-up on that as Rich is preparing some reviews um, for Tony Hawk. And he had a really great Avengers review up on the site. Moon. Paradise Killer. We got some codes for that, so we're going to talk about Paradise Killer. And a bunch of polls that you voted on, such as Kurt Schilling's Tears of Joy or Happiness, Next Gen Witcher 3, and more Witcher 3. How many times are they going to package it to us? But this is actually pretty exciting. Um, and more. So let's get to some intros here. The one and only from New York. <laughs> yeah, that's a weird way. I did it backwards. From New York, the one and only... Rich, you should skip Avengers. Meister is here. How you doing, Rich? Uh, pretty good. I just, I really feel that I should stress that calling me the one and only Rich Meister is factually inaccurate. Mm, you know what? That's true. But what can I say? At this point, I'm not really worried about facts. Have you ever listened to the show? <laughs> That's true. That's the bottom of your list as far as concerns go. Yeah, we don't really concern ourselves with facts. I don't know what this we stuff is, but you, uh, yeah, for sure. Well, guilty by association. I'm sorry. That's what happens. Um, once you start collecting our dirty paycheck money, Rich, it's just part of the, it's, you're part of the you know part of the problem uh no rich you had a great review for revenge uh revengers avengers up on swordchomp.com and it got a lot of traction on our instagram page we had a lot of people that were upset with you cool uh, <laughs> but uh it was a good review yeah you said it's just you know you're gonna talk about it later but I, skip it yeah. at this point it's a it's 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 a hard game to recommend in its current state there, there's a lot of good under the hood but mm. it needs a lot of work that I think it'll get. That I think it will get. Dude, I was even surprised. Even after hearing you talk about the game, I thought maybe a sale or something. I was surprised to actually see you say skip it. So you got me. <laughs> and I work with you. I read to the bottom and I was like, damn, he said skip it. Cold I was actually killer. I was actually on the phone with a friend of mine while I was proofing that. And I was like, I think I really like Avengers, but I read back my review and I think I hate this game. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Oh, video games. Anyways, thanks for being here, Rich. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Um, ooh, this is a special guest that we have here this week. Uh, Bonian from Japan also, in place of normally we have Shay here, you know, the one and only professor that people love dearly. But this week, Bonian, we have uh, a special guest. Uh, it says here his name is Ken Knith. Um, how are you doing, Ken? Hey, uh, Morgan, it's, uh, great to be here. I was, uh, blown out pussies an hour before I came here, and, uh... What just happened? Just, just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. Um, had to wash all the lube off of my big, thick cock. Here to talk oh, about Lord. some video games. Woo! I'm definitely uh, sweating, but from not for quite for the reasons you're probably expecting. You know, he oh, just lost. Guys, why what? is my stepdad here? Uh, had to wash my sheets due to all the uh, sweat of all the women I borked right before this podcast. Mm-hmm. Gonna go with borked, huh? huh. Yeah. If this yeah, is your first fucked, show, borked, you're... railed, nailed, whatever you want to say, they come. And then I make them come. 
if you're still here, um, I'm very sorry. I even I did not know this. This was gonna take this route. Uh, well, Ken, I mean, look, I'm trying not to judge you at face value. I'm assuming you have a lot of interesting takes on, on games, right? I mean, you, do you enjoy video games, Ken? I do. And, uh, I I really, really love video games almost as much. You know, it's funny that you mentioned face value. Um, you know, face value is actually how I judge the, uh, people I'm going to fuck. Okay. That seems to that lines up. That checks right. out. Yeah, the math yeah. the math there seems good. Uh, yeah, that's that's actually how I use. Um, that's the ability I use to get people back home is math. I say, you plus me equals. Uh, uh. I can't I can't do this anymore, guys. I can't. <laughs> Who is this character? I just, I don't know. I don't even know how it started. How did this start, Shay? What, where where did this where this did you is, go wrong? This is the worst WWE promo ever. <laughs> we just need uh Lawler from the top rope. I can't do his voice, but um so Morgan and I were talking about video game or not video game, sorry, the NBA earlier this week. And I don't I don't remember how he exactly descended. Like he said something like adjacent sexual. And then I had just woken up in the morning and I had a little bit of phlegm in my throat. And I was just, I just went into this deep voice talking about how NBA players like to look at each other's cocks in the shower. And I remember, I remember. So there was a player who's in trouble and you were like, if this Rockets player might be out because he couldn't keep his dick in his pants. And I was like, well, it's difficult to keep his dick in those tiny little basketball shorts when they're that massive and then i think that's what (laughs) yes that's exactly what happened yes Uh there's an nba player in the bubble um who just needed to fuck so he um he fucked one of the uh women who do the uh the swab test like invited her back to his hotel he gave her a swab that probably that probably held up the rest of the line that was really inappropriate (laughs) Well, actually, believe it or not, that guy was uh, he was suspended from a game. He couldn't play. And it's like it was a pivotal game. So it's not like his fault. He's not a star player, but he was definitely a short rotational player. So he kind of fucked his team. So but anyways, that, that, that's not what's important here. See, that what's seems like here? it's the bigger story. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's the bigger story. Uh, Josh, may I call you Josh? I'd rather you not call me anything. Okay, Kenneth. I won't call you anything, but I'll call you Josh instead. Um, Josh, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that story because uh, I have a hotel room waiting if uh, you got a few hours tonight. A few hours? Yeah. That's all. One for, I... one for you and one for me. Mm. Mm. Okay, well, it's two hours. Let's be realistic here. That's why I said a few. Well, I mean, you already already introduced uh, Josh, uh, Ken, so thank you. I appreciate that. I don't want to miss this tonight, Joe. Joshua Fowler joins us from Michigan. Uh, And by the way, if any of our listeners know where the name Ken Kenneth came from, Ken Kenneth from Connecticut, message me. You'll get bonus points. It came from somewhere. Um, 
Stay out of Connecticut. Really, they could just Google it, but yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I I don't know if that will. Uh, Josh, I'm so sorry you had to endure that. Google probably doesn't have that information. Yeah, it seems Uh, unlikely. Ask Eric Trump. He doesn't know how to use it either. Speaking of which, not not that, but but Googling. (laughs) I searched something the other day that literally had less than a page of results, and I've not done that in probably over 10 years, which was... What was it? Uh, what was it? It was. I feel like it was a shirt or something that I wanted something on a shirt, and I'm like, of course somebody has made it on a shirt. What was it though? I can't. I can't remember. But anyway, Transformers Swinger Party. <laughs> that's you know that's not gonna be far <laughs> off from one of our polls they did this week with a lady that's insane to by me. A truck. <laughs> yeah, that lady got impregnated by a semi truck. Um. Huh. It's like a weird thing going around. Like you, you post pregnant people in front of like vehicles, and it's like it's like a weird genre, like sort of. Yeah, you, do you not know what the genre is? I don't. I don't know what the genre. The is. genre is truckers who died before their kid was born. Oh, oh that's are you sad. Serious? Oh, yes, oh, this just got sad. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Huh. Morgan's confusion has befuddled me before, but it's never made me sad. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, it's funny that you wow. mentioned that, Josh. I remember fucking oh, no. a lot of people in the truck. Oh, no. He's back. <laughs> I, I hate this. this. <laughs> I, now I know because of all the messages I got that people have no idea that that's the case. Maybe it's, you know, we're at distance from the well, whole no, truck. Well, no, no. The framing of it is still fucking creepy because you're going to have weird. so much inside knowledge to have any clue that that's what it is it's it yeah, makes sense now that you've said it okay. but well, yeah, uh, yeah that's that's at least that's a lot lot less weird and strange not that i'm shaming anyone whatever you're into is fine yeah, but like that puts a it, in it adds a context to it where you're like oh like, that makes oh, sense oh i see it now but yeah it yeah now i understand you, why yeah. this is a thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure well thank you for providing us to that information uh Josh, I appreciate you shedding the light. Got my finger on the pulse right before those truckers died. I don't know why I went there. I am sorry. That was really, that was probably a bit too much. That was, hey, no, it's good. We're all about, man, we've really bounced all over in this intro from, you know, Ken knocking boots to truckers. bouncing women all over. Just bouncing. Bouncing women, men, I'll, I'll fuck anyone. It's true. It's true. He will. Shape I'm, I'm, here. I'm just here to fuck. Anyone or anything. Um, I'm General Mountain Time. Morgan here from Montana. And uh, yeah, secrecy. So secrecy is a thing. Uh, you know, it will be kind I of. I sure wish kind it was of... a thing. <laughs> I, wish, I wish Ken was more secretive. <laughs> <laughs> really destroyed everything. Well, um, let me let me let me give you one real secret. I fucked one of your moms. Oh no! Which one? And one of your dads at the same time. Well, You're not gonna that, know who it is, though. Well, that's impressive. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even gonna complain about that. Um, no, so secrecy is these because we're trying to do this topic in more of an interesting way than just hey, the Xbox was announced. We should talk about it. Here's the price. Here's the specs. There you go. It looks like a speaker or a grill or whatever you 
you think it looks like. Um, the meme started exploding, obviously. I went more toward the grill because the speaker thing seemed overdone. But yeah, so that's an interesting thing I think is worth pointing out right away. The Even though the Xbox Series X just looks like a generic black box, the Xbox Series S has that weird like giant speaker look to it, which you're presuming is a vent, you know, like a ventilation. Uh, area because you it's know, the same as the the vent on the existing slim model. It's just colored differently. That's this where the fan oh. is. Like it, it's exactly the same. They just colored it differently to make it stand oh, out and it? look okay, weird. Okay, I should. I'll have to check out one of the slim models because I hadn't. Yeah, no, I have a slim. It's exactly the same. Okay, well that makes a lot more that makes a lot more sense. Um, but I mean, at least it gives it a little bit of a little personality, which is. Nice I think it's it. a weird like. I think it looks ugly. <laughs> I mean, hmm. that's just that's a personal preference thing. Like I look no, at that I, and I'm, I'm like, him. <laughs> and I'm like, why? <laughs> it's strange drawing attention to a fan. Like it, 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 it is. Looks, it looks like it's going to be a speaker whenever you color it that way. Yeah, but you know why I think it might be too, and this is something I've thought about. The weird placement of that fan, I could see a lot of people, because a lot of people are stupid, covering up that fan on the slim model and having problems with it, like putting something yeah. on top of it. So they're trying to draw attention to be like, this is a vent. You should leave this uncovered. Yeah, I can well, see that too. Yeah. Although, yeah, that's... It's, it's, I will say this. It's better than, to me, just a bland area. Like, it's, it's something. It's, it's I, a look. I think the, the Xbox One yeah. Slim... Without that, looks better. Yeah. Like so the pure a, white one, well, because it's so many right guy. angles. I think I think you're right. See, Sony solved this problem by just having, you know, their machine be a non-Euclidean shape. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, they were like, you know, what's really <laughs> awesome? Yeah, it, it doesn't Do actually. Hear someone say it doesn't. It does not actually <laughs> exist in this universe. <laughs> I thought like there was just a Sony meeting where they're like, you know, what's awesome? Pussy. And that's when they designed to look at their that, console. That makes sense that's for the how most of the meetings design. start. It is, it is true. <laughs> the amount of people that sent me that, that PlayStation in place of a vagina uh, was amazing. I do like the the one where they take uh where they just made it into random skyscrapers or there's the Yu-Gi-Oh one where it's just like the the overcoat. See, yeah, I'm not a there's fan of the great... Yu-Gi-Oh one just cuz I think you just have to be familiar with the look of that to be like, yeah. "Oh, I get the thing you're doing and that made me laugh." Every meme, the thing I love about all these memes is they appeal to like a particular crowd. Like I saw those people with the uh the Xbox Series X, uh, Series S meme from High Fidelity with John Cusack holding the speaker of his head. Uh, like that's a particular kind of crowd, you know? Uh -huh. It's just like, it's funny. Um, and then you have a lot of the teenagers who just put it up in front of the Wendy's board or whatever because it looks kind of like the speaker you order your fast food on. It's just interesting to see how people connect to their memes. I went with the the grill from The Office, the Michael Scott, which I was uh, really proud of. So it's it's fun, you know? Make your own meme. Have fun with it. Drop, um, dropping one in the chat you can react to in real time because uh, this will get some play here. Real time meme reaction. That's what I love. That's what I love, baby. Let's see. Oh, it's the Lord of the Rings thing. Okay. <sighs> <laughs> what is that? Mount Sauron? Is that what it is? Si yep. no. Yes, because that, no, that tower is a mountain. <laughs> Yep, Mount Sauron. Mount Sauron. Okay, that's <laughs> generally, generally though, just Mount, since Mount we're Sinai? trying uh, to correct misinformation here, you don't really want to do 
too much mounting with the Sauron. Just, just give it a week. Let it rest it's, up. Yeah, no. Yeah. Put some ice on that at night <laughs> while you're asleep between your legs. Yeah. You know, I... I heard Ken in the background. He was like muffling himself. He wanted to say something about that, but he figured. Are you, you know, and Ken he's... roommates? Uh, Ken's been staying with me the past few days, so yeah. He's just fucking his way him. across Shibuya. Just be careful. I'm worried he's gonna rub off on you, and I don't mean literally. Oh, he means no. He no, means literally. while you're asleep. <laughs> <laughs> like while you're asleep. Yeah. Yeah, I really. Have. I could have that joke. I'm like, why are my eyes stuck together right now? Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I was wondering why you were there squinting at me so the whole intro. much sleep in my eyes every uh, morning I, this week. I hate is, this. <laughs> God damn, the Sandman really came and visited me last night. Mr. Sandman, <laughs> won't you come on my eyes? Do, 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 do. Oh, wow. <sighs> you can tell we're really excited about talking about this speaker today. Segways are weird. Uh, Remember when we did a video game podcast? I no, don't. I don't. And I don't. Guys, it's been a, such a long time lines. since I've been this filthy, and it feels very freeing right now. <laughs> like I'm gonna be good for the next six months, but like you guys are gonna have to endure. Like the, you, the listeners, and you, my fellow co-hosts, are gonna have to deal with this today because that's just how it's gonna be. What, what I love is that I feel like I'm the dirty one, even subliminally or slightly overtly, every week, and then I always get yeah, sort slightly of overtly. Yeah, you know, on occasion you let it slip up, and then, yeah, overtly. Okay, let's. And then, and then, like, and then, like, Shay within two seconds of his character just shove my dick in your pussy. I'm just like, whoa! He just blew me out of the water. It's just because I'm not creepy about it. I'm just, I'm just. That wasn't Shay. Upfront and that deliberate was about it. And that makes it not creepy. That I wasn't don't... Shay. Yeah, you're right. I'm so sorry. I was Ken. So yeah. Wrong with you. Even though I just said it was me, it was Ken. (laughs) That was Ken doing a Shea impression. Good one, Ken. It was. He's really good at it. It's confusing theater of the mind. Uh, Ken is really good at doing Shea. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No comment. Bazumba. It's uh, pronounced Zambo. Bajingo. Zambo. I just, I would just, this is not one of the podcasts I would promote to meet when I meet new people. This is not one of the ones that I would send someone who's never heard of I bring before. it up on dates. I'm uh, like, yeah, I'm on a podcast. A, se- <laughs> a second podcast or a third podcast, maybe. Uh, that's why we used to joke about people like, like our good buddy Fish used to be on the show. Be like, do you tell people that you're on the show? He's like, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't tell anybody about this show. But <laughs> Anytime anybody asks, I want to listen to him. I'm like, just be warned. We are very, very crass. We are very, very like, and if it's a Japanese person, I'm like, we are mecha hentai. And then they get it. Oh, I like that. I, like, I think that sounds cooler than crass. A matcha hentai. Matcha is actually my favorite genre of hentai. Because <laughs> it's hentai. so refreshing. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> Me. Mecha. Mecha? Mecha? There you go. That's better. That means very. Mecha hentai. Okay. All right. Very um, dirty. So, anyways, it became a little mean. We have the price. Now, here's, here's the thing, interesting thing about this on a base level is. Uh, no, We'll jump. Let, no, let's let me rewind that. Let's get right to the secrecy here. There's gonna be a million takes on the console. We can get to that at the end of this discussion. But yeah, this is another thing, and I think you're onto something, Shay. When you when you were thinking of this topic, that another product that was only really officially announced because of a leak. 
Like how many times are we seeing a leak pressure these companies? And I just, I'm really irritated by it as a consumer, as someone works in the industry. I understand that you got one of you guys will probably try to make some sort of business argument for it. And I'm going to have to sit here and listen to it. And you're probably right, but I don't like it. It irritates the shit out of me. Um, because it gives me a lot more, like when I'm trying to plan out my personal schedule financially or anything we're doing for the podcast, selfishly, like, okay, this console's coming out here, these games are coming out this time. You know, like, I like to have a good idea. Maybe I'm going to pre order. Do I need to save up for it at this point? Do I have December? Wait, are you recording this? Um, <laughs> surprise. And it just, I just think, and plus, like I was saying in the intro, we live in a culture where everyone's like, oh, pre order, pre order, pre order, get this bonus. But then they're like, okay. Uh, the game comes out in two weeks. Make sure you pre-order. It's just it's it's like a contradictory culture we have right now. Pre-order, but also we're not going to tell you when it's coming out until the last minute. What? What? Well, let's like there there are a lot of things to address there that you're bringing up, and a lot of them are really good points and good concerns. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna start from where I think is probably a good basis for this conversation is that we definitely have seen an increase uh, this year of especially this year not it's not only just been isolated to this year but it's really taken off this year of multiple media platforms just releasing things when they want to with no notice or minimal notice minimal advertising and really just relying on the word of mouth and obviously the big factor here is uh the coronavirus pandemic that's been such a huge huge thing that has really affected how things are released this year. And we're not telling, we're not saying anything you, you as a listener don't already know. Obviously it's such a big factor and we are thinking about it every day, or at least most people are thinking about it every day. How has that affected um, specifically gaming studios and these gaming companies? And that's something I don't have a lot of knowledge about, unfortunately, uh, other than like the basic ideas. Obviously people are working remotely and some companies are more equipped to deal with that than other companies. You look at a company like Moon Studios. Uh, the reason why I bring that up is because um, I did that interview a few months ago. And talking with a few of the gentlemen there, Jeremy Gritton and Chris McKenty, they talked about how um, their, their members of that studio are all over the world. So they were kind of already prepared in the event that something like this happened so it didn't really hamper them in any way shape or form they were already prepared for this this kind of event because they work remotely but then you look at other companies that rely on that more office atmosphere or that's where they've been at for the past however many years they've been operating and obviously that's going to affect the company much more so when we look at something like a console release um are do is it going to be ready? Well, we don't know because we don't know the precautions uh, Microsoft or Sony have been taking. Have there been people still in these companies working on these systems, finalizing and fine tuning the remaining issues that need to be worked out before it's released? I don't know that, to be honest with you. I don't know if anybody outside of those companies know that. Actually, maybe they do, maybe they don't. I don't know. Uh, maybe you guys know, but it's it's such a big thing and. It's it's easy, I think, for people to look at it and be like, why the fuck aren't they telling us the prices? And of course, we want to know. But with the current situation, we don't know how far back that set these console releases. And we, we definitely have to consider that because 
they they could say, well, in theory, we want to release this November 11th, just in time for the holidays. Um, but because of the pandemic, we don't know who was in the factory at those times, working on the final details, working on production. Production lines have been halted for certain things, so maybe they have already produced 2 million consoles of their projected 10 million console goal and they had to halt production because the parts weren't coming in because of the pandemic like there there's so many factors there for us to get pissed off is is i mean understandable but at this point when you consider it from that angle it's really interesting topic to think about yeah what's your what's your thought on this josh uh the secrecy in general and kind of riffing off what we're saying um I, I think I think Jay's right about the whole production setbacks probably being the reason we don't have release dates because um, they don't want to, you know, overpromise. Yeah, say say it's gonna be. I mean, I don't know if that's strictly a bad thing. Um, just because I mean, consoles have released and then not had enough to meet demand for over a year with like the original Wii. I just did not expect that thing to blow up the way it did. Um so I mean I think I think it would be fine to release it like that. And it actually seems like they are intending to do that currently with stuff like Sony pre approving who can even own their console at release, uh which is insane. Um pre order the pre order? Yeah. Yeah, signing up so they can, you know, des- decide whether or not you're worthy, whether or not you're a true enough believer in, in Sony. To <laughs> I got own the email. I was chosen. And I'm praying that they say uh, I'm worthy or I'm going to cry. But, like, I understand that portion of it. The thing I do not get is them holding off for so long on the price of the thing. Because, like you said, this is a big commitment for a population that is almost entirely out of work at this point and over 1.4 million people are i don't know if that's the current number actually i shouldn't say that over a million people are currently unemployed in the u.s yeah it's it's well and that's they've changed the way they counted unemployed as well so it's 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 very very high um but it even without that even without that, it's ridiculous to not give a price this late in uh, in that because it's it's just it's it is irresponsible to like you're like like Morgan was saying not let people try to save up. I mean, granted, they can you can save up knowing it's probably gonna be this much, and if you save up too much, okay. But like bully for you, yeah. Um, yeah, like just. People need this information so they can make life choices. So they can decide which of their children gets to eat this week. Well, um, I think it's a, I think it's a safe bet to say the PS5 is going to now be priced at four hundred ninety eight dollars and ninety nine cents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but still, like to Josh's point, and I think he I, I agree with him that the release date fine. Like that's not a big deal at the end of the day. And like people who are getting frustrated at that, I understand. But like. Bigger things to worry about. The pricing, I think, is much less understandable because I don't feel like the pandemic has anything to do with that. I think that was simply 
Um, to be fair, means of production looking, could have affected it. Look, well, that yeah, that for sure, for sure, that could have been part of it. Um, but I don't think a lot of a of it would have been affected well, by at that. this I think point the big, they I think have the big, to know how much they're charging for that console it's too late in the game for them to not know at this point that's exactly what i'm saying i think what ended up happening is because um microsoft's hand was kind of forced they're like you know what? let's swerve into this let's just drop the price and everything like let's let's stop i think they were both just playing chicken with each other at the end of the day i think that's what it comes down to and yeah. microsoft was like you know what? let's just get out and ahead let's like we're already like i i believe as of right now they're the favored system for the current the or the the new gen I to be coming what i do think xbox is the favorite gen like before it releases i what i see online personally and what i hear from our patrons and stuff the majority of people are favoring the xbox just because they've been more transparent um game pass is such a massive thing that I think that the Xbox is going to do better initially um, out of the gate. I do. And with the, the cheaper system as well. Here. Wow, yeah. I'm, this is, they've this been is super shocking. upfront about their lack of first-party titles. Yeah, like they've been telling us very honestly for the last year that there's no reason to buy the system. We got system. nothing. That your guys' personal feelings have no dictation on whether or not it's going to sell well. Like You guys can disagree with it, and that's fine. I'm saying. From the number of people I've seen, the Xbox seems to be the more popular system as of right now. I'm not saying that I agree with it. And well, I'm mean, not saying you talking, guys agree with it. People, I'm people saying that that's the, num- the number of people I've seen. That's what seems to be the trend. Now, will it change before it releases? I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, I don't really care, to be honest with you. I'm just saying this is what I've noticed. I think right now, you know, because of the the leak and all the information coming out, yeah, people are talking about it. But I, yeah, I, I, I'm surprised to hear that. I really am. Yeah, just I think the I mean, leak they, is the only thing I've heard anybody excited I about. I haven't people. I've heard people talk about the leak and then confirm. Yeah, I don't need that thing. And that's not what I've heard at all. I've I've seen and read a bunch of people talking about like, why would I buy a PlayStation when Game Pass automatically gets me a bunch of games right out the gate? So say you buy a three hundred dollar xbox all digital system okay well now i just sign up for the game pass which is 15 or 25 dollars a month depending on whichever one you sign up for and your son or your daughter or whatever the child is that's playing yeah exactly has access to 100 plus games right off the bat so you can play all those games on your pc or i can play them on my xbox you're thinking about yourself I'm talking about the people who are buying during the holiday season. On average, the person who buys a console during the holiday season is a mother or father whose child is like, I really want a system. I have some. Oof. Really, really should suggest the Kindle Fire to quite a lot of these parents at this point. Like, just. Well, I mean. Like, spend, spend the 40 bucks and let your kid play Angry Birds. Like. Well, Come on. It, Come well on. I don't even know if Angry Birds is a thing, but like the thing is, you got to remember when we were films. children, when we saw a commercial <laughs> for the PlayStation 1 or the X or the Nintendo 64, we didn't think, oh, well, economically speaking, I think it would be better to just stay with my Super Nintendo. You were like, I want this, mom. I want this, dad. So that's what I'm talking about. Those people that 
have the children that are like, I want a new system. I want the new Xbox. Well, the parents, what are they going to look at? They're going to look at value. I think the parents are going to look how... at their child and say, Timmy, go get a job. Go mow some lawns. Now, go mow some lawns. Yeah. No, but like, Timmy, all I'm have trying you to seen say the here... frame rate on Ratchet and Clank? How could you possibly want an Xbox? <laughs> right. Like, in all sincerity and all seriousness, all I'm saying is Xbox has already released their prices. They have a $300 system. You get the $25 a month sign up thing or $15 again. Oh, it's a great value. Want to... And you get 130 games right out the gate. If I buy a new PlayStation 5, I can buy one game for $60 or I can buy a few indies for $60. But the likelihood that a child is like, Dad, I want you to get a PlayStation 5 for Cuphead is pretty slim. So they're going to want the new Spider-Man game or something of that nature. That's a $500 system, including a $60 game or a $300 or $500 system, $25 or $15 a month service with 130 plus games. Which one is the parent going to want to buy at the end of the day? And that's what I'm talking about here. And that's why I think as of right now, again, make this abundantly clear i don't agree with it we i don't want you guys to think about this like well pc because i agree pc yes but the parents who are going to be buying this console the parents who are going to be signing up for this to get it for their child are going to be thinking about value and no, that's the parents why I, can go to the store and they'll say that 299 xbox what or you we say, can eat this month. timmy Oh, the one S that has the same. Yeah, the but, one S well, or the series the S. Too, what, what's going on here? They're both three hundred. Yeah, it's the naming convention for this new thing is somehow fucking worse than the Wii U. It's worse yeah. than it's terrible. So yeah, like as so far that, as far that, as the value yeah. being there, yes, but like for that all to connect, it's going to have to be a parent who's already a gamer who understands what the fuck they're even looking at. Whereas, Sony's well, at which point they're going to understand easily. there's no reason to buy this machine. I'm going to buy the PlayStation. Right. So, I, right. And I, I think, think that's, yeah. I think, I think th- like Morgan's saying, I think that that one S will sell extremely well. Cause it's in super the next affordable little bit because it's going to be even cheaper. It's going to be it, like, I see that thing also selling gangbusters. Yeah. Once the price starts dropping, even unless more. they just remove this, the, one uh, S from the shelves completely. Like it just, it's strange to me. Like if that the bottom skew drops the, to like two hundred, uh huh, yeah, which it could the, conceivably do. Like what? Just the clear shelves, yeah. And also the thing is, and Shay, like to credit what you're saying, like I, I get what you mean, and for a very informed parent, there's a degree of that that does make sense. Um, but then also I think when you talk about comparing it to like the SNES age and the N64, the market's also super different now. Like a it, it, the, I don't think the largest part of the market is parents buying it for kids anymore. It's people in their 30s going out and picking up a console. Yeah. Uh, and, and to I, be fair, I, like, I, Shay's going to dig his heels. Look, yeah. to, be, to be fair to that Shay, that and also three people, a bunch of parents just had to buy new consoles so their kids could play Fortnite again since it's no longer on iPhone. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. No, look, Rich, Fortnite's I wasn't going to com- be on this too. Mm-hmm. I wasn't comparing, like, that <laughs> console. I'm saying. The, the generations and consoles, I was simply saying that um, we, I was using an example of when we were children to relate it to now. No, I, I didn't think you were yeah. trying to give it a one for one. I yeah, was just using that like as to be like, at that time, the market was very different. And I think you need to take stuff like that into account now, too. I, I don't think I the still market, they, I yeah, still he don't just, know. He didn't, he didn't want you to though. forget the, uh, the most important demographic during Christmas, the unreasonable yeah. little shit. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. It, well, 
I, I, I do and don't agree with you, Rich. I think that there are more people in our age that are informed that are going to be buying for their children. But I still know that there are plenty of people our age who are like, oh, what's that new Xbox PlayStation? Yeah. I don't know why they have that accent. Are they all accidentally buying the accidentally buying the One S? Because yeah, they, that's what they I'm worried the about. Terrible cause... naming convention. Yeah. They don't have a launch title, and it's not even that. If you look at the specs compared to like something I already own, like a One X, it's. I mean, it's. I I of all the things we've I don't know I Shay I I I see where you're coming from Shay and I know it's annoying like you have three people come down and you kind of have to dig your heels. Oh, it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing Um, to do with that. I'm just saying that like, yeah, I think I I can I just don't I I just don't see it. But um, that's that's fine. I I don't really care if you don't see it. I'm offering a different perspective. I don't care if you guys agree with me. I'm not digging. I'm not digging my heels in because I'm trying to fight you guys off i'm saying that this is whether or not i agree with it i think that's what's going to happen and if it doesn't happen no hair off my balls i don't really care i'm just speaking to the fact that simply the 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 price to kind of get back on topic here because we went really tangential to, to keep the price a secret is like to play chicken i think is is terrible to be honest with you, to for oh, lack it's of a really better dumb. word, it's it's well, it's terrible, I, and it's, I it sucks as the that. consumer, yeah, I, especially with what we're we're all living through right now, trying to budget that and like, you know, it, it's such a first person, first world problem to have right now to be complaining like we're in the middle of a pandemic and I can't figure out which console I want to buy. I kind of feel really privileged right now to be making these statements. I I kind of feel guilty for not being entirely aware of what i'm talking about right now but um, i don't think that's a weird thing shay i mean like the pandemic is affecting a lot of people but most people i know have already made that decision or they're like their financials are are generally fine you know and it's and you're you're for and you're fortunate that you know people that problem because everyone in the third world has uh actually done a very good job with this because they you know don't have quite as many capitalist overlords to please and they were like, "What the hell is Tekken? What are you talking about?" Mm-hmm. But I, but I do agree with you, Shane. That like, I, th- I think it is more of a game of, uh, it's it's frustrating because when someone leaks it, suddenly they have all the information ready to go, and it's like, if they gave us a date and a price, you could still say, barring some sort of disastrous, you know, situation or COVID, you know, a third or fourth wave comes or something, people would understand. Like a lot people are very reasonable when it comes to this stuff, right? There's no reason you can't give people a a date or at least and a price, like Josh was saying. And the price is important for sure. The fact that all of it just kind of comes out when there's a leak is just it's it's just like, okay, you had this ready to go. It seems like it's definitely more of like especially PlayStation, they felt like they were just waiting and waiting and then they got lucky because Guess what? Microsoft got their shit leaked. They don't even have Halo or any big games. Everyone's going to talk about it this week. And then in a couple weeks, Sony can come in, lay the fucking boot down. Boom. Here's the date. Here's the price. You get Spider-Man. You get this. And people aren't even going to fucking remember what the Xbox was Mark Cerny comes to your house and French kisses your wife. Yeah. God damn it. I'll give it to me. So it's, it's, it's just this weird game of chicken. And I'm sure Microsoft is a little pissed that it leaked and they had to come out there and roll with it. Cause once it was leaked, it was leaked. Um, but they could have, you know, they're playing chicken too. Both, both people are responsible in these sort of situations. And I agree with you, Shay. It feels like 
this weird game of chicken where it's like <laughs> it's just ridiculous it really is but you know what that's where we're at so it's 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 hard too because like a company like microsoft or sony like i'm gonna look at that and say that behavior is kind of grimy at the end of the day just like from a basic morality standpoint it's kind of grimy that you're not releasing the price like the date fine whatever i understand pandemic production lines all that you shit. you don't want I get to say it. anything until you're sure i think i get i totally get yeah. that that's fine the, the pricing is a little bit grimy playing chicken waiting until leaks happen to do it a little bit grimy but at the end of the day i don't really care that much about it the on the flip side of that though because it's not just these consoles that have been kept in secret it's like a lot of games um and i actually kind of like that like uh, the for games, example, I agree, yeah. For example, Crash Bandicoot 4, who knew that that thing was even being made? La- what was it, last month or two months ago, all of a sudden these mm-hmm. trailers started popping Ooh, up surprise. and release, and then they're like, oh, by the way, it's releasing <laughs> at the beginning of October, and it's like less than three months, and then you get to play the, aw- the awesome sequel that everyone's been waiting for. And this is just one example I'm bringing up. There are plenty of examples. Um that feels more like a harken back to the the pre-internet age though which is something i i agree with you shay i really like i like that whole like here's this thing check it out you're gonna get your hands on it real soon i think that's fun i love that i love that because i you think about like and not to be too tangential here you think about when you film a movie like well not me or you but when like when a movie is filmed by a studio it isn't like popped out three months later it takes like a year because of everything that they have to do you know, all the editing, all the um, all the production stuff, everything. It takes a year. And for a game, it takes years to make a game. And then to go through that whole process of like, oh, it's going to be released in 2023. It's like, fuck, you know, like, I kind of wish this game wasn't announced because then I have to wait three years for it to actually like to actually see a lot on it and that to know whether or not lot, it's actually yeah. going to come. Yeah, well, hype the hype kills me in those cases because I get so excited for it. But it does kind of suck for people like us if you think about it in the content business because we can do a lot with sort of – I mean, it's tough. We're evolving, so it's not – like we used to do all those most anticipated shows and we can talk about games as we get closer. So in, on some, in some ways, it is a little bit of a bummer because we lose out on content. But in other ways – it's nice to not have to like think about a game too. You still get the. I will say this: the AAA games still seem to, um, get the hype. Like we knew about The Last of Us two for quite a while. Cyberpunk we've known about for years. Mm-hmm. I still think the really big ones are not. Yeah, surprised. I mean, it's a little bit of a. It's a little bit of a bummer. I will agree with you, but I think if if any of us have learned anything this year, like any human being, we haven't. That we haven't. No, um, but. We, we've had to learn how to adapt to things. And at the end of the day, it may suck content-wise, but we have, like, not just us, but everyone is adapting right now. And I actually like this trend where companies can be like, oh, hey, uh, this game's going to be coming out in two months. Oh, what? Like, I get my hands on this in two months? Because that's that's less of a hype that I have to sustain for it. It's like, oh, this shit's coming out in two months? And, like, I get... I can feel like a kid at Christmas again, where it's like, oh man, I'm going to get my hands on this in just a short amount of time. And I, I love, I love that feeling that we've experienced this past year specifically with that, you know, like, yeah, you're get- gonna, yeah, yeah. 
You'll see it more, I think, with like with Crash in particular. Like, even though that's a AAA game and a big franchise, it's still. I was surprised that wasn't in the Sony showcase, even though I know that's on Xbox. Like, there's still a lot of games that Sony will show sometimes that are on multiple systems. And Crash is a, is a game we all grew up with, and it was just kind of weird to me that we didn't see that in the showcase. And then it kind of dawned on me, oh yeah, it's not a PS5 game. Sure, I'll play it on my PS5, but this is a last gas ps4 game sort of a last I, I, rock kind of I, I think that's a big part of it i think that's a good point i think the other thing is it would be the equivalent of a company trying to lead with a new sonic game it's like yeah sonic was really popular in its heyday but if you're going to try and lead a conference with that you're not going to have a lot of success because it's not like there has not been sustained uh success with sonic there hasn't been yeah. sustained success with crash bandicoot uh you've seen you've seen their remaster of the first three or their re yeah remaster of the first three games do extremely well and you've seen crash team racing do not quite as well as though that that trilogy remaster but still do fairly successfully well that i think it was the right time for them to just be like let's not hype this game up we've seen success with the other two games let's just go ahead and put this out and see the response and it's going to be interesting in that specific case not to talk about this game all day to see if it can get back to its former glory days or close to it i doubt it will but it'll be cool to see that i just i like that these smaller devs and companies kind of have the autonomy now to just be like i'm not going to sit here and hype this up for three years i'm going to release it in three to six months you're going to get your hands on it much sooner excitement I love that. Yeah, the smaller developers definitely have been doing that for quite a while. So that's it's it's interesting to see some of the more AAA teams jump in there. I will say, getting back to the larger topic at hand, the thing that this made me really sad about thinking about all this stuff and like the bigger picture is that it's almost like E3. Developers are realizing that they don't have to do anything they don't want to. They can wait till a week before they fucking that system comes out, and we're all gonna line up and fucking buy it. Yes, they can make us do whatever, and it it sounds fucked up, but they can. They could literally say the PS5 comes out next week, and I'm going to scratch together every penny I can find to get it like everyone else is, because they know that they have all the fucking power. Just like E3, they started to realize, and I love E3, we don't have to go. We don't have to do all this work here, and we can still get the same results more than likely. So I think that's what it comes down to is these people are just realizing they don't have to fucking give you release dates. You know what I mean? And we'll still see it on occasion like Cyberpunk. We know November 19th is coming around the corner. That's big. That's important, I think, to them for some, to some degree. But if you watch, what did they do? Cyberpunk, they gave us a date. And what happened? They gave us a date. And what happened? They delayed it like three or four times. Is that game still coming out? Um. Yes. Uh, so... They gave us a date, and then they just had to keep pushing it anyway. So that's just kind of where we're at. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm i not as concerned about the consoles, because granted, I understand I'm in the minority here. I've never been the type of person who buys a console right when it releases. I always like to let it work the issues out a little bit, and then that's totally buy understandable. the uh-huh. second edition of those consoles, because I'll never forget the Red Ring of Death from the 360 era. How many people had that issue? The uh, Nintendo Switch had a much shorter battery life than the current consoles being released does. And that's not a major issue. That's not a major issue. 
before you guys groan and shake your heads like you guys do. Um, but I also like to be the one that waits for those initial issues to be worked out. That way I can get more value for my money. That way if I get a new Xbox console and there's something wrong with it immediately, I don't have to send it back and wait all this time. I just play the games that are in my backlog currently, Get try and get as caught up as I can, and then play the second edition of that console where some of those issues have been worked out already. Um, to be it's fair, gonna be great. Yeah, it's gonna be great for having a gaming podcast. To be fair, it took them games. forever to uh, work out that Red Ring of Death thing. I think I yeah, bought mine like eight months after release, and I still I, I remember wrapping my 360 in a towel. To that uh, doesn't happen anymore. You guys are clinging to a long, a lost era, man. Like these games, these systems are generally releasing fine now. What that was the last like, like, two console the cycles. One X. The Switch the, did the have Nintendo, issue. Nintendo Switch with all the Joy-Con drift they was perfectly Joy-Con normal. Was the only thing that's happened like that. But, but since that was your the current yeah. generation, it still kind of proves the point. The yeah. 360 is not, uh, it's not the current generation. The Switch. Correct. The, the, that was a Joy-Con issue yeah. that some people Granted, had. Granted, hard console. And they would just switch it out for you. It wasn't yeah. a big deal. Yeah, and that same is, thing that with the been... Xbox 360. What's your point? Uh-huh. But that was a whole deal. You had to lose your whole system for God knows. Okay, so you. Never mind. I'm not going to even you can, argue with it. You can just pop the new Joy-Con on your fucking. Oh, yeah, I guess it's I'm, only I'm only I'm cost a... you eighty bucks. I'm a, I, I'm sorry. I'm assuming that people have like multiple Joy Cons. I'm sorry. I'm just, I don't really think of that as the like the whole. And look, yeah, I dealt it with is, Joy Cons. It is the same thing. Cheap. Like if if they'll replace it, which both companies were fairly good about replacing it for the mostish part. Yeah, they were. But and also, uh, you noted that Shay will not be playing stuff because you don't have a console. You know how much of that stuff is still coming to the previous generation? Like, I, I even if you don't get that console through to like early next year i don't think you're really gonna miss out on much well we'll see like shay might he might be okay in that case because the ps5 still has no, a, like the xbox be. the xbox has nothing and, and shay could probably care less anyway because shay's one of those people that'll just be like well i, I don't, don't care i don't know if you guys I'm just saw by the way um every uh, i think sony said this today every uh ps4 game produced like from i think mid-september on will have an icon on the front of the box if it's going to come with a PS5 upgrade. Yes, and a lot of those PS4 games will have no upgrade, but what I'm saying is that he might be lucky in that a lot of those early PlayStation 5 games, well, I don't know, like the Spider-Man game, for example, that's not going to be on PS4, right? That's a PS5 exclusive, right? Yeah. So there there could be a handful of games. Maybe I just care don't think he will be missing such a sheer amount of stuff that it's going to be a huge issue. Yeah. I don't think he'd care either way because he's already made his opinion that he's not going to buy a new console. So that is. Well, like, no, but he won't be able to play Elder Scrolls. What if it was Elder Scrolls? So far, sick? there's so far there's <laughs> one exclusive with Spider-Man, and then eventually Halo. Have one exclusive? Who knows how long Halo will get pushed back at this point? But to be fair, Josh, Hel- the second Hellblade will be coming out for Xbox, which I'm really excited for that. I am really yeah. excited for that. You'll be able to play that on your current Xbox, though. Yeah. Also that. Yeah, Really, right now, I feel like there's less of an incentive now more than ever to buy a new console. That's where I'm personally at. The Xbox, I wouldn't say more than ever. There was exactly zero reason to buy a console last generation at launch as well. So. They give you nice windows now. Wait, you convinced me to buy a PlayStation for Bloodborne, Josh, so I don't know if I can buy that. Bloodborne was, what, three years after launch? launch? Was it? it was no. in 2012, man. 
Yeah, that was like years after the console came out. The PS4? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Bloodborne yeah. came out in 2012. Bloodborne no, came out in 2015. No. What the oh, fuck? Oh, much yeah. later than even than I'm thinking. Thank yeah, you, Shay. Right. Crazy people. If anything, that proves his point more. That didn't help your case. That's true. No. No, what are you talking about? I'm you, you weren't listening to my point then. Your point was that you said he made you buy the console for Bloodborne, which came out years after the console was released. When did the PlayStation 4 launch? That's what I'm looking up right now. It was not five years ago. Launch date. Well, we're gonna find out. It was almost in, two in years later. As if almost two years, you had to wait to have a game on the PS. What was that four? Well, you know that's fair. PS4. That's fair. It was. It was late 2013, so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's fair. And yeah. there was nothing on that thing on. Re- there was no good launch titles. Is that what you're telling me? Well, I mean, unless you just had dry. to have knack. <laughs> well, well, we all get a hankering for. Or knack you had to have Sunset <laughs> Overdrive on the Xbox One. No, which I think isn't a bad guys, game, by the way. You guys are right. I think the PS4 launch was. I'm looking at it right now. It was pretty. Launches are often a, lackluster. Yeah, I was at a weird point in my life where I was busy trying to have sex, and I wasn't really playing a lot of games. So. Did yeah, that pay off? You, you, you can't do two things at the same time. Mm-hmm. I can't. Um, <laughs> but other people. Twenty-four can. hours a day, I gotta be fucking. Oh, sorry. I gotta be crushing. Twenty-four puss. hours a day, I gotta be fucking. Well, I'm can't driven. be worried about my no time, video energy, games and shit. Into whatever I'm doing. No, but I think you're right. Like, I hope that the PS5 launch is not that pathetic because that, that would be. Then the Xbox. One X or Series X, whatever the fuck it's called, Series X. Um, I don't even know what it's fucking called at this point. We're a gaming uh, podcast. See, we can't see keep the it name straight. of the convention. Xbox Series X Max. Oh my god! But either either way, I don't think yeah. they're gonna have a lot of incentive to get them right off the bat. Yeah. Um, other than like high higher graphics and whatnot, which yeah, if you already own a PC, there's no point in getting it. But anyways, uh we're we're totally getting off topic here. Totally well, if I could just say one brief thing and then we'll get to some we'll comments. If there's not a lot of incentive to get them off the bat, then how come people are clamoring for it so much that they're willing to pre order a pre order for a PlayStation five? I just don't necessarily I don't think that's the case. Well, I, think I think it's the PlayStation because we follow a, a lot of the, gaming press because that's kind of our thing. But the PS5 is in a different realm. I think the Xbox, I agree, because you have the computer and the other Xbox. The Shadow Realm. The, yeah. The well, PS5 no, no, the PS5, you, I'm pre-ordering that thing for the remote. It's a good, re- <laughs> it's a good remote. <laughs> God damn it, Josh. Oh, Josh, you'll love this. They actually think that maybe it. Uh, they saw, oh, there was something that came out that where they were predicting the leak of the... Um, PlayStation 5 based off of the remote. It says, PS5 release date may have just been narrowed down thanks to Disney+. Plus. Had something to do... Let's see here. Oh, did As they have a, like, new note, new patch notes saying that it supports Support for the, that remote? Supports that uh, remote. Dis- Disney Plus is... Okay, it says right here, while it's not a huge surprise to see these prominent streaming services getting dedicated buttons on the PlayStation 5 remote... It is interesting to see that Disney Plus isn't even launching in South America until November 17th. As mentioned above, the button image leaks are from a Brazilian instruction manual suggesting that even if these buttons potentially change from region to region, in South America at least, these are services that have partnerships with the PS5. So that's why they're guessing, because of the remote, that it's going to be November 17th, which they might do the thing where Assassin's Creed is now launching with the Xbox, so they have something, even though you can play that anywhere. Maybe they'll do the thing where Cyberpunk launches... With the PlayStation Five, which would be another killer sort of situation that Sony could could grab a hold of, even though you can play that anywhere, you know. Yeah, and you. I mean, that's all cool. PC. I I still don't get why you are putting 
PlayStation 5 above Xbox right now. I, I don't get that. Because it has first-party titles. and a great Josh, first, besides yeah. the remote, fucking no, no, we get no. it, we get it. Yeah. No, Dude, but, but seriously, though, exactly. Rich has said it is, they have, they have the only first-party exclusive right now with, with Spider-Man. And like, the track record of having more first-party games than Xbox did the previous generation. I, exactly. I think that's fair, but right out the gate, it's not a lot. That advantage. It's not a lot. It's not a reason to. to you know, it's not about a lot. It's about having more. It's it's not a lot, but I. <laughs> what? No, no, no. Hold on, Morgan. Don't don't muddle this down. I think it's not don't, a, about. Don't screw up it, my argument, Morgan. It's no, not you, guys, a, you guys not hear what he just said. <laughs> it's not about I, having I, a lot. It's about having more. Are no, you guys going to let that slide? I'm not going to let it slide. What I'm trying to say is, it's not about what's there at launch. It's about the track record. Xbox still hasn't shown me anything in terms of Xbox exclusives that make me go, I need that thing. Yeah. Like well, Sony, yes. where Sony has the track record of me, like they, they had the best first party titles this past generation. And I don't yes. think that's going to change. And to what Shay's saying, when Shay's going, oh, everyone's, I think people are higher on the Xbox right now. That's my whole point. I agree with what Rich is saying. You know Sony's going to have those titles on the way. But when people are looking, comparing the two consoles this fall, they're going to look at, so even if Sony has three games, that's better than Microsoft's zero games. Whoa. And don't give me the Game yeah. Pass crap, because I can play Game Pass on my Xbox One X. That's the point. I don't care what your point is, because... Because it's a good point, you just uh -huh. don't like it. I didn't. You're a fucking idiot, man. Like, I, here's the thing. <laughs> Seriously, here's the thing. I've never once said I disagree with you. I've never once said that. I'm uh, saying, looking saying at the I general population, care. they're gonna take value over exclusivity. I don't. I'm willing think to so. bet. I don't think the yeah, general population is no. informed enough. Is the thing like to take that value? Yeah. It's that's like I think they're probably is gonna get Xbox because they want to buy American. But I don't. If that's if that's your, I don't reason. think people outside of like actually playing games regularly know what Game Pass is. And you're assuming that the people buying it are going to be the ones who regularly play video games. Is all I'm saying. Rich, you of all people should know this. Yeah. You fucking work so the game. Their kids are gonna. I did ask them terrible. for a thing, and the parents are gonna get it. So it's mostly just what the kids ask for. Well, and Shay, even the fact that you couldn't remember the name of the console kind of speaks to the fact that even in the case where some grandma is going to go buy that a That has nothing Xbox, to do with it. That has nothing to do with it. it. That has a lot to do with, do with Wii U. How well something's going to sell. That's not. Look, if a kid, if a kid, I'm like, I'm not, I don't know why you guys are trying to argue with me so much about this. I don't really I've, get it. It's a really this podcast silly for a long, argument. Is, yeah. Yeah. But, I'm not talking, talking about you, you Josh. Mm. I'm not We're talking about you, Rich. <laughs> 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 who are you talking about? Are you talking about Ken? I'm talking yeah, about talking Ken. <laughs> it's like we're all agreeing, but he's only upset with me. No, I understand the point. I am upset to make. with you because you're targeting me. I don't give a sh I told I'm you. I'm not targeting you. They you literally are been. echoing the things that I'm saying, and you literally just focus on me. Josh is literally echoing what I'm saying. Rich is echoing what I'm saying, but you're getting upset with me. Because you're like, being I'm a dick about it. Like... <laughs> I'm not being a dick. I'm just saying in the in what we've done this podcast for four years. I don't think I've ever like been more shocked by an opinion. But you know, it is what it is. <laughs> That's okay. Okay, sure. Look Next Shay. question. No, I don't need a look, Shay. Let's just move on. <laughs> Let's move Let's on. Just move on. Uh, okay, um, Josh McMullen, one of our patrons. By the way, if you sign up at patreon.com slash swordchomp, 
you can sign up for our VIP page where you can get access to our top secret Instagram and we will read your comments on the show. Um, Josh McMullen said, I don't think that's necessarily a Regency thing. Um, when we're talking about secrecy, the games industry has always been very tight lipped about things, especially in comparison to other mediums like TV or film. In those mediums, we know years in advance that something is happening. Um, that said, in regards to consoles, I'm generally finding it to be ridiculous to wait this long. Uh, and that's true. We're like, like there's one thing if you're going to say we're in the middle of May or, or March or April and COVID's happening, we're not going to give you dates and prices. I think we're all pretty reasonable when it comes to that. But when the system's going to come out literally in a month or two, it just seems, um, it seems insane. I think we're all on yeah. the same page there. So, Totally. Are we on the same page for anything? Yeah, Morgan, yeah, it's no, be I think okay. we have all been 100% on that with the price being, it's, it's ridiculous. We didn't have that at the Sony press conference thing where they gave us all the other information. With like, Cerny and his fake audience? Yeah, like that, Very weird, that, yeah. that should have had the price right then. Oh, 100%. It, yeah. it was the one thing missing. Like, if that were the E3 uh, presentation, okay. I'd like to think there would have been a price... At some point in their game plan, they were dropping the price that day, but then yeah. everything got thrown into a tizzy, and they, like Shay, to what Shay was saying earlier, they're playing chicken with Microsoft. Yeah. Chicken, chicken, chicken. Uh, Reverend Rock and Roll said, I feel like it's been persistent throughout gaming. The major difference is that these days, the leaks make the secrecy all the more glaring. Um, but I also get that they want their big moments and big announcements and all the excitement that surround them. They work hard and they want their hype, which is interesting because this is kind of the antithesis of hype by waiting until the last moment. You're no, not really you know building. what the, the antithesis is? The next step is they're going to start revealing game release dates and price points in the post credit scenes of Marvel films. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yep. Your friends are just going to yep. come home and be like, dude, I bought the new PlayStation 5. Well, when did that release? I don't know. It's they just, talked about it at the end of Captain America 4. It's like, I just got mugged. Like a ghost rele- it's like, what? <laughs> No, I got mugged. He took five hundred of my dollars and gave me a PS5. Oh. I was just trying to get home. It was now available. Yeah, <laughs> they're just—they're gonna do like a ghost marketing thing where they just start putting them on shelves and no one's gonna know about it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, that should be pretty cool. Available uh, at your local Sam Goody store. Like, where's there a fucking Sam Goody? I do not want to. S- do those exist anymore? I don't think they do. I thought they just made hairbrushes now. Or something. Is Sam Goody still a thing? Oh no, that's the joke. <laughs> R.I.P. Sam Goody. Uh, Alexander E. Mosier says, I don't care to see it until it's ready, which you were kind of talking about earlier. Seeing a game years before it comes out ends, uh, sorry, seeing a game years before it comes out ends with me losing excitement and skipping it. Well, that's a little extreme. More often than not. As far as consoles, everyone knows price is one of the most important aspects of launch. Seeing a shiny new box does nothing for me if I don't have a release date, price, and at least one game I care for. So uh, he was not a fan of the announcement of Elden Ring, where what they brought to show was a picture that George R. R. Martin drew in the bathroom on a cocktail napkin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Those this is a game we're making. It's even worse than you just get those stupid announcement trailers now that are not even... <sighs> it's just yep. stupid. I don't know. I don't know. That Metroid, Pri- Metroid Prime 4 thing where it was just three notes and a logo. That was a pretty, pretty, pretty good hype. logo. That was pretty, pretty hype. Logo. I bet God, you Samus is, that... is in that game. What happened? <laughs> so far, I've seen nothing to suggest that Samus will be in that game. Yeah, Hot probably dude. not. 
This one focuses think, on the yeah. Metroid. They just really, they trying really to bring felt it back like, to its roots. Yeah. I think I'm coming around to what he's saying. Not necessarily that I'm going to skip a game because there's a lot of hype for it. Like, I, I, I don't – I mean, if something looks good, why would you skip it? But, like, not building up that hype for a long time is nice. Like we were talking about earlier when Shay was talking about Crash because it's just like, holy shit, Crash is out in two weeks, three weeks or whatever. And that's cool. I, I think I'm kind of coming around to that side of things for sure. Some people just don't care. If you're not if you're not someone that's prone to excitement, then you're probably fine. If you're not been excited to, about anything. Yeah, I know people like that, like like our good friend Fish used to be on the podcast. Oh, I don't know, whatever. You excited about anything? You know, There's a new it's just, I don't know. <laughs> people drive me crazy. Um, Vape juice. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. <laughs> but that's true. I'm jealous of people that don't get excited. I wish I had that ability sometimes. Uh, Calm down, Morgan. I'm getting excited. I know. Cornspace said, what new secrecy? During E3, um, yearly before Xbox 360 and PS3, we always had things restricted from us, and that's a good thing. Well, it's like we talked about extensively already. It's definitely seems extreme now. So, Do you guys think the COVID has everything to do with this? Do you think uh, – I mean, we're kind of hypo- hypothesizing there, but do you think it would have been this way? I think a no good portion of the console stuff um, – has to do with COVID and what we talked about at the top of the podcast with like means of production being affected. I, I think it, it ended up snowballing things and it, yeah. I think a lot of it stems from that. I think specifically the price and release date thing is a, is, is a most Symptom of that of is that. because of COVID. Um, a lot of the other stuff, I mean, is, uh, I think this is absolutely the excuse everyone wanted for uh, more secrecy with, you know, E3. I don't think E3 is coming back because nobody fucking wanted E3 around in the first place. Like, they're, I think they're done with it. We like, evolved this... past the point for E3, and you and I have, I think, mirrored this before, Josh. Yeah. I think they, they kind of were trying to figure out what it wanted to be because they're like, well, now it needs to be more of a fan event, and my response to that is always, PAX exists and is very big. We don't need more fan events because there's already a lot of those. and. I think more so than what E3 tried to do like the past two years, PAX already knows how to be that better video game fan expo. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and not just like on the consumer side, I, I think especially on, I don't think they wanted to spend all that money trying to win E3 every year. When they could market it themselves on their yeah. own terms for cheaper and largely be more successful with it. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo's been doing that by essentially making the same thing that they had been doing as an online thing and the, you know just setting up a booth and then playing their the online stuff they were going to release anyway yeah just as a block instead it's like they've been doing it much much better than the other companies have because they were controlling the messaging better they were it was I more efficient I, 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 yeah and i don't cheaper. think the i don't do not think the console makers even wanted to be there for e3 anymore and i think this is just the excuse to uh to not be there um, yeah so I'm, I, don't, I don't see them wanting to go back next year. I see it coming back. I just think it'll be like a rebuilt thing from the ground up, and it's going to try to be more of a fan event, and it will not have the same presence or gusto it had around it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. We shall see. Uh, Tony Saltman says... It depends if it's consoles. Give me all the facts, prices, dates, and everything. If it's games, I don't want to hear a thing before you have something substantial to show us. Um, which is, yeah, exactly what we were saying almost. Yep. Games are kind of a fun surprise. 
But uh, yeah. consoles, I mean, fuck. consoles are still a much bigger commitment. It's something you need to plan around. And I feel like not giving people that information is it's just, shitty. yeah, it's, it is. It's just, it's just, it, it, it's, it's going to make people angry, you know, finding out at the last minute how much all this stuff is going to be. And people end up making bad decisions whenever they feel like they've got to rush it. And they're going to, and I, I feel like it's not just shitty on the front end. I feel like it's shitty on the back end because people are going to end up buying the wrong console or something like that. And it's going to make them even angrier at, at that. Like whether, whether there is a right console at this point or not, I feel like by forcing people to console. make, yeah, by, by forcing people to make a decision quickly, I feel like they're going to end up just with an angry customer base long term yeah. with this I, I don't think it's good for them um but it, it's definitely not good for us but i don't think it's good for them either it's got the point i'm trying to make with that so yeah no i agree i agree yeah that's yeah and i mean that's the thing that's the, probably the most heartbreaking thing about this as we take a break is just if halo hadn't been a complete disaster you know if Halo hadn't been a disaster, you'd be able to say, "Hey, you can go spend three hundred dollars and get a ten dollars subscription to Game Pass, and for three hundred and ten bucks, you can play the new Halo game on launch and on your new next gen system, regardless of how you feel about it." Uh, even though probably downloading one Call of Duty game will fill up your entire box, um, it's just, it, it, it that would have been pretty cool. So that that's got to be pretty frustrating, I would imagine, on their end. So just from here, I was listening to Phil Spencer talk on this. Was that what was that Animal Crossing, Animal Talking podcast, and he yes. definitely was up. He was upfront about his frustration there, and I feel for him because they wanted to get off to a good start this time. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, let's take a break, and we got a lot of games to talk about, and uh, we'll be right back with more of the Chumpcast. What is up, Chomp Nation? This is Morgan here, also known as General Mountain Time. And look, I want to tell you today about our Patreon. That's right, Chomp Nation is growing every day. And if you enjoy what we do, whether it's the Chompcast, our social media, our YouTube channel, Twitter, anything we're doing out there, you can support us. And for just a couple bucks, you can help keep us alive. And honestly, our patrons have basically become family and i want to go over a couple of the cool tiers we have if you want to support us and if you don't that's fine too we're just happy that you download and check out the podcast um our biggest and most popular tier we have is just five dollars five bucks you get access to early spoiler casts that's right chopping after dark you get those several weeks early and you get access to our top secret vip instagram that's right on the podcast you might hear me say hey do you want to be a vip member of the chomp cast and you say i sure do i sure do well guess what boom that five dollar tier makes you a vip member you get access to this secret instagram page that has top secret videos and pictures and polls that only vip members get and those polls and those feedback questions that we get if it's a question of the week for example are read on the show we make you a part of what we do um so go to patreon.com slash swordchomp you can look for our five dollar tier which is probably our most popular and then from there it escalates we have a ten dollar tier a twenty dollar tier for skypes there's a lot of great things just head on over to patreon.com slash swordchomp check it out and if you want to support us it would mean 
the world to me, Rich, Josh, and Shay, and everyone else out there in Chomp Nation. Until next time, General Mountain Time salutes you. All right, so uh, welcome back to Chompcast. Uh, a couple big hitters I wanted to get to right away here. Rich, we alluded to it earlier, but you have a review that went up for The Avengers. Yes. I um, want to give you a chance to kind of summarize your thoughts on that. It's a big game. I mean, something that, like, maybe it's not quite in our realm of things, but in your world and just like that. Of yeah. all the reviews I posted, that one has gotten the most traction by far. So okay, uh, so I played uh, quite quite a bit of Avengers. And uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what I played of it. As you, I think, alluded earlier, um, my verdict on it ended up being skip it and more of a, a skip it for now type thing. It's a hard sell in its current state. Um, I think the campaign is phenomenal. Like, the game's kind of playing this game of chicken between, like, two things where it, on one hand, there's this fantastic single-player campaign. Yeah. And then it's treading the line between... Uh, this games as a service, like very repetitive beat 'em up, that is still fun, but there's just kind of not enough of it there yet. It's like a hu- it's at a huge grind with multiple characters. Um, I feel like th- there's potential there. There's going to be a ton of content dropped for that over the course of the coming year, and for right now, I think it's kind of a wait and see what that content looks like. And I also think that um that progression needs an overhaul. It it works in a lot of spots, but it's it's one of those. It's what's my goal here? It's to get a better piece of gear and then get a piece of gear that's better than that piece of gear and rinse and repeat. Yeah, and you said it's frustrating because you lo- you really enjoyed the story, which is yeah. I thought the story was really fucking good. It's a really uh, Kamala Khan's a fantastic protagonist. They do amazing things with that. All the characters I think come across feeling pretty good they they do this really good job of humanizing uh pretty much every member of the avengers they play with really good across the board that that narrative yeah yeah that's too bad well you have a great review up so everyone should go check it out if they haven't already and um it's interesting do you think sort of a final question for you like you you said when you were talking to someone you were finalizing a review you ended up kind of leaning towards skip it uh, um, it was more of a, a joke on that part. I was like, I think I might hate this game, but no, it's just, it, it ends up being, I have more to say, like, and I think I summed this up in the first paragraph. I feel like for every thing that feels awesome and I really enjoyed, there's like some glaring problem, like just sticking out to be like, well, that's a weird choice. Why did they do this? Like the game feels like it's juggling two opposite things, which are that fantastic single player game and this games as a service thing and it ends up feeling like it isn't really sure what it wants to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. A lot of people, um, well, I don't like to really say those kind of blanket statements anymore because I don't really give a shit about a lot of people, but I will say that, uh, as far as sales goes, it did incredibly well, but could unsurprising could not eclipse Spider-Man on PS4. Interesting. Very interesting. And that's probably because the reviews are a little more tepid. And I also did talk about in the review, I believe, how the marketing for that game fucking baffles me because there's a lot of really great stuff in this game. And I feel like all the stuff they showed leading up to it was the stuff that is not that great. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's what I got, too. Like, yeah. they showed almost none of uh, Miss Marvel, of Kamala Khan, who is the the star of this adventure and a fucking delight. Maybe it's because she's, well, I mean, the, the people who are um, more invested in it know, but uh, do you think that... Do you think that maybe it's because she's not as well known of a character that they wanted to just focus on those big selling point kind of characters, even though she is the star of the show here? Uh, uh, I mean, I think it's obvious. It's the familiarity of it. It's like every, everybody in the world you knows have to show the Avengers. Those, those core Avengers are at this point. But like, I would have thought it would be way more interesting of a sell to, and they started showing some of this towards the end. Show more of that like early game, uh, Bruce Banner, Kamala Khan on a road trip looking for Tony Stark stuff. Like that stuff is some of the best stuff in the game. Ah, road trips. Yeah, the the Avengers of Final, Final Fantasy fifteen of the Avengers world. <laughs> they just go on a nice. Also, they should have shown more. Uh, more have, bearded, uh, bearded yeah. Hulk. Bearded Hulk is the breakout star of Avengers. Yeah. Really? Wow. <laughs> I love a bearded Hulk. You show me your Gladiator Hulk during the week. You were pretty proud of your Gladiator skin. So. Well, Gladiator Hulk is the the skin to go with. Yeah, and then you chastised me because I thought that was just a Thor Ragnarok thing. I was like, but. "Listen here, you little bitch." <laughs> uh, I love to mess with Rich and say crazy stuff. That like he's not quite sure if I'm serious because my knowledge is really terrible of of uh, Marvel or Avengers, or like, am I actually trying to have good analysis? So it's fun. Fun to mess with you. I think I said <laughs> when I said something about Black Cat, you were like, um, uh, "Oh no, yeah." yeah I, I you sent me that picture wanna, of Camila uh, Khan, and I was like, "I said something about Black okay, Cat." Okay, no, you yeah. you said I said I sent the picture to like give you the snapshot of the review, and you were like, "Oh, Black Cat, my favorite Avenger." And I said, "That's Miss Marvel. She's a fourteen year old girl." <laughs> <laughs> to remind you that you're gross. There, there's no. <laughs> she she's a fourteen year old girl. I don't. I didn't play the game. I don't really know. Um, if I thought that Black Cat was an Avenger, that would be really be some some problematic shit. But it did get me excited about. In your um, defense, as far as comics go, there almost everyone has been an Avenger in some capacity at some point. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. My so, one of my so favorite dialogue about the Avengers is, and this is something the MCU kind of brushed over. But there was a time during that whole initial Civil War arc where there were the Secret Avengers led by Cap. Yes. And uh, back when Marvel Omega was a thing, one of my favorite voice lines in the game was if you're playing as Moon Knight, sometimes when you would run by Captain America, you'd be like, hey, Cap, it's me. Remember from the Secret Avengers? P- please don't pretend you don't know me. <laughs> uh, that's pretty great. It did get me excited about maybe going back and playing that Spider-Man DLC before the new Spider-Man game because I never played the Black Cat DLC. Wasn't there a Black Cat DLC for the PS4? Um, she was involved in that entire arc. Like the first one is... Like very much about her, but she she's very prominently involved in all three chapters of that expansion. That bummed me up because um, I did all those stupid black cat missions, which were nothing because I really well wanted they they to were a tease for that. Yeah, they were kind of um, teasing the DLC to try to convince you to buy it. So. My favorite story about that DLC is that I talked about how like they blew their load on a lot of the major Spider-Man villains in that initial game, and I was like, who's going to be the villain of the DLC? Hammerhead, and then it was Hammerhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right well avengers uh that's you know we'll check in on that but that's what's how rich feels about it like it or not it's the way it is deal with it um uh i want to sandwich a couple of smaller games between some of the bigger AAA stuff i know shay and josh played a game called rainy season i also played that rainy season uh which rich also played 
Um, which <laughs> I love the the uh, description, Steam. This is the story about an ordinary family spending time at home during the rain. There you go. Obviously, it's probably that about does a about lot sum more it up. Uh, so, Josh, why were you? How did you find this? Discover this? Early thoughts on it? Uh, I'll let you break into it here. I saw it in. I can't remember if it was an indie showcase or I think it was the PC games show at the early on in the year. One of, one of the PC games. I think that not, sounds right. Not, 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 not like the E3 replacement thing, but like a, an early PC games indie showcase, I think near the beginning of the year um, in which they were showing off uh, the game and, and showing off a few more of like the, most of it is uh, like straightforward, just hanging out with your family type stuff. But they were showing off like some of the daydreams that your character has, which um, are like the focus. Yeah, uh, during during that rainy day, and I'm like, this looks really charming the way they're presenting this. Um, just you know, quiet story of hanging out with your family, um, and uh, had been waiting for it all year until it finally came out, and. Uh, it is a short experience. It's it it's uh, an hour at most. An hour at most. Yeah, the game wow. actually when okay. when it starts, you can pick whether you want the game to be twenty minutes, forty minutes, or sixty minutes. Um, and I I suggested this to the other two guys as well. Um, I suggest making it sixty minutes. The game really only has but enough content to be. 20 minutes as far as the scripted stuff like you're gonna you're gonna get this but the feeling of the game of sitting at home in the rain with with your family with nothing to do just comes across so well with the extra 40 minutes put in there um just to give you time to just to sit just to listen to the rain um or to find inconsequential stuff, like yeah, or just to yeah, like wander around, like look through the cupboards. Like I like, don't know if either of you guys went into the attic. There's really nothing up there. There's like a, a manga book, mm-hmm. but there's not like any sort of like relevance to it. But it's just a thing you you can wander up into the attic. Yeah, um, and it, it, it's it's very simple. Just not like high res. It's 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 kind of like a cell shaded ish sort of a, a aesthetic to it. Um, but the sound design is so strong. Just sitting there listening to the rain. It's something that, um, yeah, like I, I, I'd explore absolutely everything kind of, um, it, it's got a few, like in order to make the pacing, not be like find everything and then sit there forever. Um, it's got the day broken up into like three or I think it's, it's three, I think acts. it's three chunks. It's like three acts um, where like major things will happen and something will change in the world. Um, like it's your basically mom will morning, go out to go grocery shopping. And, I think it's morning after lunch and after dinner, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but the sound design was so good that like I'd exhaust everything, like go explore the attic. Like, Oh, there's gotta be something here. Like go, just poke around because you're you're staying you're you're visiting your grandma's house and you're supposed to be going to the zoo this day but it's raining so you can't go to the zoo so you're all stuck at grandma's house with nothing to do 
And so you poke around the house. Like we're we're kind of spoiling the whole game, but not spoiling anything at all anyway, because because the game is the experience of actually being there and and doing all this yourself. It's um, not it's not really a game you spoil. Yeah, yeah. At all. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so I I just I'd wander around doing whatever I could. You can um like one of the mechanics, one of the one of the basically, there, there's very very there's not a lot of mechanics in this game. It's it's talk to people and. If you find something, you can carry it with you to go show it to somebody. Like, Grandma, what the heck's this? Like, that sort of thing. Um, and that's that's about it. Um, and so, jumping like, for some reason. Yeah. Is it like Gone Home style storytelling? It Way less. Gone Home has tons and tons and tons of stuff to look at because you're, you're trying to figure, you're, you're trying to solve something. You're trying to. There's um, nothing to solve here. Yeah, there's nothing to solve. It's more about the experience of being there with your family. Um, I mean, you could really consider accessing the six uh, daydreams as quote unquote goal. something to solve. Yeah, yeah, but there, like you'll you'll basically you'd have to try to not find them. Is kind of the the thing there. You've got so much time. I think even with the ch- the 20 minute version, you'd, you'd find all of them fairly. You have easily. to just sit there to not find them. Like you yeah. have to just sit there and not engage. Yeah. Yeah. And, which is kind of why I liked the, the longer version. Cause it, it gave you time to just sit there. Um, yeah. And I wish I would have played the 20 minute version to be honest with you. Cause I was incredibly, incredibly bored by the 60 minute version. Hmm. Um, I, you know, I did the stuff that you're supposed to do, you know, talk, find the, uh, the daydreams. And then there was a point and granted it was late at night here when I was playing it, you're just mm. sitting there and like the game doesn't allow you to move at one point. You're just sitting at the uh, Kotatsu with your little brother. And I was like, I'm just going to sit here. Okay. Yeah. And I actually ended up, fall- and I, I fell asleep in real life. I fell, I fucking fell asleep and then I woke up <laughs> and then there was dialogue to do. And I just wish I would have played the 20 minute version of this game because I felt, I feel like there's like you're saying, there's a ton of charm here and it's a very endearing game, but whereas something, and I'm going to compare it to this just because this is the most recent game before this that I've played. That's kind of a sim esque type of game or a situational esque type of game. Uh, What remains of Edith Finch is a two hour game, very short game, but there's, there's stuff to do obviously. So there's a difference there. This can feel empty, yeah. It felt like the 60-minute version of it felt very empty, whereas had I played the 20-minute version, I think I would have been much higher on it, to be honest with you, than I was. Uh, just because, yeah, 60 minutes was just way too long. I, I felt like I was sitting there, and I was like, I could literally be doing anything else in my life right now. I could literally be sitting in my real life like thinking about things and just sitting there doing nothing rather than going to play a game to sit there. Why, like, why do I need a game to force me to sit there to do nothing kind of thing, you know? And so I don't think it was particularly poignant for me. Uh, but it's still a very, very charming game. Like Josh is saying, uh, seeing the daydreams was really, really cute. Interacting with the family was absolutely adorable. That grandmother is awesome, and I love her, and I wish that was my grandmother. Very, very cute. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot to like about this game. Just I don't think, for me, the 60-minute version was what I should have played. I think the 20-minute version would have been 
yeah. the better choice for me. Did you find the clock mechanic, Shay? I'm just curious. Like, if you interact with that clock on the wall, you can skip to the next, like, major time of to day. To the next act. Nope. If you like, you could, yeah, you could kind of, if you're in the morning and you're like, I think I found everything I could, you could go to the clock and be like, skip to noon. Oh, uh, okay. No, yeah. I didn't find that, yeah. unfortunately. No, you, you can I skip wish ahead, I would have found that. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I actually... This is one of the things. There have been a lot more games about waiting this year. I, I, I don't know what's going on in the world that all of a sudden all these games about waiting would release now when everyone has a bunch of waiting to do. Like, because they weren't just made out of nowhere. The, like, this has been. It's kind of eerie. The yeah, it's like eerie. everyone. It's it's something we have to live with now. But maybe it's just something you've noticed more recently. Well, but as I mean, well, I mean that could be a factor. A bit, but I mean this one, like especially, like I, I liked just sitting there and listening to the rain. Um, yeah, the I sound, think I needed the sound it. design is really great. It just it gives you time to just sit and think, and this is something that it was meditative. Yeah, it, it's very calming just to sit there and watch the rain, just listen to the raindrops. Um, if you don't have time for it, then you don't have time for it, and I think it's kind of if you're trying to rush through it it's it's going to be frustrating because it's like there is no it's not built for that yeah well other than the clock like had you found the clock yes but um so that's the the only way it's it's not like uh yeah um, it all depends at the end of the day what you're going to play the game for yes is essentially what you're boiling it down and i think it depends on external factors too you're talking about how the rain was very meditative it was. It's actually been raining here all week, so I, so I don't, I don't need have that, that outside anyway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. it is the rainy season, so yeah, you've got you got literally the same sounds in the real life. Yeah, again, so. yeah, exactly. So it's it's my my experience of it is not to say that it was a bad game. It's just maybe at the time that I played it or the place in my life that I played it, I didn't find it the 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 sixty minute version of it particularly um catered towards me but there's still a lot about this game that's extremely charming um and i know people are going to be like a 20 minute game that sounds like a waste of money but it's 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 a really fun unique experience and uh like i i don't want to delve more into it because then i give some of the charm away and that's something that should be inherently experienced like we Mm -hmm. could go into the daydreams because we're 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 being very very secretive about that, and there it's for good reason. The daydreams are probably the most interesting part about the game, besides the interaction um, between you and your family members. Yeah, and it's just like basic conversation, but it's just the way that it happens is very very cute. And yeah, uh, and yeah. I mean, the, again, the reason I suggested the longer version, uh, Grand falling asleep because you're actually tired in that is kind of it's it's gonna change your your perspective on that but absolutely um i don't know i i liked the like the full hour to do that because by comparison it makes the daydream seem like something it you've been sitting there for so long of course your mind's gonna wander of course you, you've got to find something there's got to be something interesting going on here in this house in the rain with nothing to do i'm supposed to be at the fucking zoo i came here to go to the zoo i'm sitting in grandma's house and then you open the door and something bonkers is on the other side. Yeah. Like yeah. It, yeah. And, and I mean, that's it just, it, I felt like it gave it space for those things to be like discovered more naturally break from 
the the sinning there. Mundane part um, of it. Yeah. yeah. The the thing was, I think it was the specific section to which I was referencing where you are forced to sit at the kotatsu with your little brother. Like you're not gonna suddenly descend into a daydream because of that. You're literally just sitting there. You're being forced by the game to sit there. Instead of just being able to explore the house, there were times where I had nothing to do and I was just walking around the house, walking around the outside, and at least it was something to do. And I I really enjoyed that. But like Mm -hmm. when the game forced me to literally just sit there and do nothing, I was like, what the hell is the point of this? Like, (laughs) I I, I get, I, I mean, I get the point, but it just I was like I could be doing this in real life. At, at the end of the day, why is like why is the game yeah. forcing me to sit down and do nothing um, when it's already a short game as it is? So it was like that's the only major issue I had with the game was just being forced to sit down to do literally nothing. And when you're talking about the daydreams, yeah, I agree with you. It gives you um, it breaks up kind of the monotony of just walking around doing nothing or talking to people. And I really like that. But when you're just being literally forced to sit there, there's no dialogue happening. People are just existing in this quiet house with the rain happening outside, which was happening outside in my real life. I was like, I, I don't see the point of this. I, I... Yeah. There was yeah, no that, escapism that part, there. The part at lunch is the only time where you can't move. And uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It, it goes on for a little while because it's it got, does. it's got, I mean, one of the, I'm not going to spoil a lot, but like their family, it was kind of strict-ish. Not like, not yeah. that super strict, but like, oh, it's lunchtime. We're all sitting here until lunch is over. And you, you sit there. And that's kind of the thing. And it's, I, I don't know. A little know, bit like, more of a traditional Japanese family, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah that, sure. that one section, draw. that's the only section where it draws attention to you sitting there. Like, a lot yes. of the other times... Like, oh, I, well, I'm done exploring. I'm going to sit there. This time, it's really your only option. Like, some talking yeah. happens, and then you sit there. Um, and I'm, like, I'm generally not that kind of person who just literally sits there and does nothing. Like, I'm mm-hmm. the type of person who likes to get up and move in real life and both in video games. So that's also part of the reason why I didn't enjoy that segment. But everything else about the game is awesome. I, I enjoy everything. Even the art style is very, very cute and endearing for what it is. So I, I really enjoyed this game. I didn't enjoy playing 60 minutes because being forced to sit down at the lunch uh, for lunch at the Kotatsu for what seemed like an eternity, <laughs> even though it was under an hour, was just, yeah, not my favorite thing in the world. But that is not a, an overall knock on the game. The, the game is still awesome. I think the game is worth playing. Um, just if sitting there doing literally nothing sounds torturous, go to the 40 or 20 minutes or use the clock function that Rich talked about. Yeah, the, the clock's by the piano, just so you, so you can find it if somebody else is listening. Was, listen. was there a song you could play on that piano, by the way? Because like I was just pressing buttons on that piano. I was like, I don't know if there's anything you're actually supposed to be playing on this. I don't think there's anything that cues anything to happen in the world or anything like that but okay i'm sure okay. there's people playing around with that okay that's fair yeah i'm sure people are just playing tunes it's, or some shit but in yeah, typical I josh figure it out in typical josh fashion um there is one recorded review for rainy season uh on file on metacritic one one brave we, soul we, we just doubled it <laughs> we doubled it 
Edge Magazine was brave enough to review this game, and they gave it a 7, and they said, uh, This compassionate snapshot of Japanese working-class life finds pleasure and wonder in the routine. 7 out of 10. Which is, uh, there we go. That's it. Bam. It's, the last thing I do want to say is, actually, it is very endearing in the sense that, like, you don't, and this is, I don't know if it's a spoiler or it's just, it is what it is, but you don't really see the dad all that often, if at all. At all, you and don't I'm, see I'm, 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 Well, I, was, I wasn't going to say that, because <laughs> then that is giving it away, but, um, I'll, I mean, it's not a major thing to give away. Yeah, I don't but, even think that, I didn't give that a second thought, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, that's fair. Well, the, the reason why I mentioned that is because it's very, very common in Japanese society. Um, for those that don't already know, that is... Usually, usually not always, uh, because it is a more patriarchal society. The man works longer hours on average. And on top of that, um, it's not uncommon that they have to go to work parties, which are called uh, nomikais, which they usually have to drink with their coworkers. It's very ingrained in their culture. Also, it's not uncommon for the husband slash father of the family to actually have to work in a different city. Completely. So some of my students um, live with their mother and grandmother and grandfather and siblings, and their father lives in Osaka because he works there. And then every other weekend he comes back to um, hang out with his family for a weekend. Mm-hmm. That's very common. Or I shouldn't say very. I said I should say it's fairly common in Japanese society. So when you actually experience that in the game, as someone who has lived in Japan. Um, for a while now it was really cool i was like yeah that's pretty factually accurate and um it's kind of cool to see that play out as well because obviously i'm not in a japanese family so it's kind of kind of cool to see the interaction of what i imagine goes goes on for my students you know i i really like that aspect a lot just kind of like I have a little tiny window into what my students do on a daily basis, which has added that extra layer of um, adorableness for me. That's cool. fucked up. I can't imagine only seeing my kids every other weekend. It'd be depressing. That's strange. Very yeah. strange. Do you find that a lot? Of, I wonder if a lot of those people are really miserable, or if it's just like a cultural thing that they're just sort of used to, you know? Um, I think it's probably both because, uh, to get on the darker side of this, to be honest with you guys, um, and I'm sure Josh and Richie know a little bit about this, and even you too, probably Morgan with uh, Persona and stuff, that there are a lot of soap lands here, which is soap land. If you guys don't know what that is, I've already talked about it before, but basically mm-hmm. where you go to, it's basically like a sexy bathhouse is what it is, mm-hmm. where, um, women bathe you. And sometimes more than bathing happens, as I'm sure you can infer. Uh, there are bars here. I can't remember the specific name of it, uh, but basically, men will pay women to drink with them, and the women will be like, "Oh, you're so handsome." You're hostess so clubs. Rich. Yeah. Well, there's a specific name for it, but yeah, basically, hostess clubs. Yeah, it's a big part um, of the Yakuza series. Yeah, there are maid cafes here, which are not as popular with the Japanese people, but just where women are like, "Ah, oh, come on, man." You want some food? Yeah, like that. That always seemed like more of a tourist thing, yeah. You know, it's much more of a tourist thing. And then there are some seedy areas in the major cities, as you guys can well imagine, that operate in the gray area because it's not legal here of prostitution. 
So yeah, um, and there are there are love hotels aplenty here to where you can cheat on your significant other, and it definitely happens. So very very often. So um, that yeah, and there are actually to give further analysis of that just really quickly, and then I'll I'll cut it. I'll make it brief. Um, There are some families that have, or some uh, significant others that kind of have an arrangement where it's like a don't ask, don't tell policy where the woman, after she has children kind of shuts it down. Um, Basically like I'm done having sex. It's served its purpose. And then the man's like, well, what the hell? And then basically, um, he'll go fuck other people and then as long as it doesn't come back to affect the family and as long as he doesn't say anything to the wife she's not going to be concerned with it and for some families it goes so far as the woman says if you can find it elsewhere that's fine with me as long as you don't tell me about it like (laughs) she will kind of kind of halfway consent to it don't ask don't tell yeah Exactly. So it's it's an interesting culture in that way. Um, I'm not. I'm definitely not saying everybody does that. So anybody listening, please do not walk around next week telling, "Hey, I heard from this guy that like men be just fucking philanderous over there." Because that's should not I not be texting people that right now? Um, you dirty fucker. No. Um, I thought I finally had I, something like, in common with that one uncle at Thanksgiving. Why is my grandma being such a weirdo about this? Yeah. No, it's like, I don't want it to be like a blanketed statement because that's not the case at all. There are a lot of, a lot of families here who are monogamous and stay that way. Um, I, I think it's honestly more a symptom of just eras and whatnot, whether or not it's Japan or US or somewhere in Europe. Their era, they did things one way. Our era, our generation is doing things a different way. Um, cheating's always involved in that, unfortunately, uh, through any era. It's not, cheating's more prevalent now than it was before. Like, it's it's just done differently. So, um, There's so many more options. But, well, there are more ways to do it now. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's interesting, like, the dynamic. It's very obviously very different work culture and relationship culture is very different between the U.S. and Japan. And that would be an entire podcast in itself. Uh, if I were to detail that in a lot more detail than I have now, but hopefully that answers the, your question. Um, I love that the Google thing says brothels are illegal, so a soap land are masked as some sort of ridiculously expensive public bath where you get washed by women. And in quotes, if love suddenly happens between you two, it is up to you how you handle it. Yeah, I would like. Here's the thing, and I'm going to tell you guys this right now: I would never go to a bathhouse ever because. Um, I know I know this for for a fact because I have uh, friends, particularly one friend who will not be named, that frequents those places. They do not test their women. At oh all. yeah, it's a little loosey goosey. Okay. Oh, it's not a, lo- a little is a, an understatement. They do not test and well, it it must those, be easy to get away with when you're like, that's not what we're marketing. If that happens, that happens. Yeah, but no, that's on to two consenting that, adults. Be con- you know, be yes, like, well, why yeah. are you doing the- that? It'd be condoning that behavior. Yeah. It's interesting. Like actually in my city, I looked it up with a friend, um, that there are, there are like kink services here too, where you go, you go to like a prearranged location with this, uh, person. I think it's predominantly women. I'm sure there are men too. And you can get a whole host of services. There's no like a penis to vagina insertion or penis to anus insertion. Sorry to make Mm -hmm. that very, very scientific and awkward sounding, but I'm trying to be 
as literal as I can be. But there are other things like where a man can pay a kink service woman to step on his balls or to fart in his face. They or have that in America too. I was or slapping. <laughs> like all that shit. That's one of my side. Yeah, I know we have Fox News here too. But Oh, Mr. Murdoch. I shouldn't say Lucy Goosey. It's Lucy Gacho. Anyways, uh, that's what it says. Gacho. Yeah, sure it does. Uh, we should probably take a break, right? Please. Lucy Gacho. We'll be right back with more of the Chomcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this commercial is brought to you by Chomping After Dark our brand new podcast where we deep dive on video games, talking about the story in full detail. That's right, but we don't just talk about games. We've also talked about many wonderful movies. We talk about things from triple A titles to indie darlings to movies that just plain made us laugh. Yes, we are still waiting for the cat's butthole cut. If you wanna check it out, please head over to swordchomp.com or any of the major podcast apps where you listen to podcasts. And if you feel like, dang, I just want to get this podcast two weeks early, head over to patreon.com slash swordchomp where you can get access to Chomping After Dark two weeks early. And we've returned with more chomp casting. That was rainy season. Uh, Rich, you uh, have a review was a going short, up for such a short break. I feel like I didn't go anywhere. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's fucking wild, isn't it? Uh, who who's really going anywhere? Am I right? Not you, um, Rich. Not not me. You have a review going up tomorrow, I believe. Uh, I mean, if you're listening to this, it's already up. Oh, it's been up for true. days. That's what she said. Um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. <laughs> it's nice to finally get to review the game of the year. Uh, oh, get out. Oh, oh, he's starting with the hot takes. Bringing the hot takes. <laughs> no, you're going to take you're going to take it over Final Fantasy 7 remake, Rich? <laughs> no, no. I I, I kind of have jokingly said this to to Morgan the other night, but I will say this is definitely in my top 5 for the year so far. The it, and it, I kind of I, I hold it up to kind of where the RE2 remake fell for me last year. Like, this is a goddamn perfect remake. It mm-hmm. does everything to capture like what those games were at the time and bring in those sort of modern trappings and quality of life stuff. Uh, it's kind of taken the package that was one and two and pushed them together into one seamless thing or you can keep track of those careers separately but it all feels like one cohesive menu and one cohesive progression. Uh, one of the biggest additions is they've added a ton of stuff that didn't come until like Pro Skater 3. Um, for starters, there's a lot more flatland and manual tricks. You no longer have to approach a rail at a perfect angle to get a grind, and it's easier to uh, shift uh, the trick you're doing mid-grind. Basically, it's a lot easier to combo than it was in those original first two games. And they ended up having to jack up the high scores for those levels um, mm. as as a result of that. But yeah, it, 
it all just feels so good. The multiplayer, local and online, works great. Like, horse is still a great mode in there. There's uh, other modes like graffiti and stuff. You can upload uh, the Create a Skate Park to online now, so people are making amazing shit. It, um, it's just so goddamn good. Knowing you, Rich, you do really get sucked into those remakes and remasters as far as, like, those those perfect experiences. Because last year, your game of the year was, as Josh would say, a game from, you know, the early 90s with uh, Resident Evil 2, the remake. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Resident Evil 2 was an amazing, amazing remake, though. Yeah. It was. It made my top five uh, that year. Um, but I noticed, yeah, you generally, I think it's because those, a lot of those classic games, you know, if you just balance them a little bit and add a nice new coat of paint, it's still a classic game. And, uh, you, you really appreciate that really, that experience that doesn't have any fat to it. Persona aside. And I, I get that. I respect that. So. Yeah. To be fair, Rich, I really have been wanting to play that game. It's like every day I'm like, fuck, I really want to be playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. But I'm also trying to like be a little bit frugal right now, knowing that Crash Force coming out. I want to pre-order that Mario three pack. Um, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is going to be coming out. You know, there are going to be Yeesh. other games on the horizon too. So, like, I'm I'm trying to decide. Like, is this a game I want to drop? It does look good. Yeah, I want to play and it really bad. For the record, too. it's only forty bucks. It's not a full sixty dollar price tag. Will it be um, on sale in a month or two for I, 20 bucks? Based on the way it's selling and reviewing, I don't think so. It could, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wish I could, man. That's one. I could I see it maybe being $5 off during Black Friday. Yeah, yeah. 20, I don't yeah know. Tw- or like twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I'd pull the trigger on that for 20 But hell, especially at that price point, like, it's so worth it. I, I am in, enjoying the hell Yeah. Out. I finished both careers, and I'm going to continue to play a lot more of that. They've added a lot of, uh, like, after-the-fact objectives to kind of keep you progressing that's and cool. unlocking more gear. Um, that's cool. That's, that's one thing I didn't like about the PS1 version, because I really got into the first Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I played that thing religiously, and it felt like once you did all, like, the main objectives, you didn't really have incentive to play after that, so... And I'd say I after my first two days with it, I did 90% of those objectives, because they're... I think eight stages in the original game and seven and two. Like that sounds about right. There, there's not a ton, but like they've added so much to kind of keep you going. And the fact that you can now matchmake for those online modes, there's uh plenty to do in that. There's a ton of new skaters on top of the original roster. I believe like I'd say 98% of that original soundtrack is there and they've added to that soundtrack. They've, there's yeah, so much here. That's awesome. I think $40 was the perfect price point for that. If they tried for $60, I don't think it'd be selling as well as it is right now. I still think it would sell. Like, I, I don't disagree. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure, but not it, as well. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely not. The, the price tag definitely helps, and it's it's really just... It's another example of, like, I said this about RE2 last year, like, this is how you do a, a remake, and it is... So really many good remakes. Good yeah, the Spyro, RE2, you have this Tony Hawk. There's so many good, even the remasters that are like more straightforward. You had the the Kings of Alma, like there's, and you guys got your Final Fantasy VII remake, which, you know, we don't really talk about. Um, yeah, there's so many well, we do. like great remakes. We did two podcasts there. about it. So, oh, that's true. I, I'm a liar. We talked a lot about that game. Um, yeah, there's a lot. It's a beautiful time to be alive as far as remasters and remakes. As go. far as the rest of the world goes, it's pretty awful. <laughs> I mean, give and take. So, 
That's cool. No, honestly, I respect your opinion, and I, I, I legitimately do want to play it. Like I said, I just haven't played a Tony Hawk game in 15 years, so my brain doesn't even know what it would lo- like my, get excited about. You know, My main hope is that this does well enough that they can take this formula and we can get back to the Pro Skater series and forget that 5 ever happened. Yeah, get a new one. That would be cool. I don't... 5 didn't happen that long but, ago. It was just he... fucking terrible. It's the hook is hard to find though, Rich. Like to make a skate, like people would be more excited, I think, for like a skate, like a new skate game. Well, that's happening. Um, exactly, exactly. And because I, do you think I've always been, I like skate, but it's a different thing. The more arcadey skateboarding game has always been more of my go-to. And I mean, this has they're yeah they're different. Pro, Pro Skater is the better step back to me because, like I said, with them adding a lot of the stuff that didn't come till Pro Skater Three. Basically, the only thing from modern Tony Hawk games that isn't here is the ability to get off the board, and that's the worst fucking thing they ever put in those games. Why? Yep, yeah. Why? Why did they like that? Wait, yeah. thug? You mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's the worst part of those games. Is it was strange thinking back it, on it, it. It takes out like that element of like the challenge of going for the scores when you can hop off the board and like set up the perfect yeah. angle and shit. Like. I like Thug at the time, though. I really thought that was a cool I game. I don't dislike Thug. I dislike Thug too. <laughs> but yeah, it w- to, yeah, to your point, Rich, like adding a getting off the skateboard uh, in the skateboarding game. in the in that game is like the equivalent of adding a walk feature when your default feature in a game is to run, and there's no stealth element to the game. It's like we're just gonna add this just to be more lifelike. It's like, nah, I'm just gonna fucking run. It'd be like if Mario Kart added um, the ability to pull over and get out of the cart. To, to take yeah. put your trash in the bin. Yeah. I also, I don't know if you guys saw this. I really like this in the game. Those, the animation in the original game when you fall off the board was always like a cut to black and you're back on the board. So in this, they added like, there's like a rewind effect. Like it's a skate video when you mm. fall off and it's like setting you back up. And oh, that's cool. It's yeah. it's kind of a fun visual cue because cutting to black in a game in 2020 like that it would seem weird. Yeah. Yes, that's cool. Any, well, anything you can address with like visual flair like that is nice. I think. Yeah, to, it has a nice look to it. And the main thing I thought was I'm like surprised because it's Activision and I expect them to be grubbing money. I was like, oh, I am so surprised there's not a paid money store where you can buy a lot more accessories and also buy like some visual flair to change shit like that up. Yeah. Are you yeah. sure you don't want to spend $5 for a chance to to get where the skate purple deck? smoke comes out? Yeah, to get the deck you want. I me I have um, the one I want. I have the one you get for uh unlocking Roswell in, in Pro Skater 1. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, no, that it looks really cool. I'll definitely look for it when it's on sale. The timing was just not great. Otherwise, I would have definitely thrown down on it. But I just well, it's funny. It's another one of those games like we talked about where they were like, hey, check out this thing we're making. It's out in like two months. Yeah. Again, awesome. Yeah. That kind of stuff is really cool. You know, I think it was definitely watching the newer era once Tony Hawk died out and became irrelevant and then watching Skate become relevant. I guess what I'm saying is I do agree. I think Tony Hawk will always be more nostalgically popular. But skate kind of evolved, and like I think that I could play if they did it right. I could play a modern skate game and feel like, oh, this is maybe a progression for like the skateboarding genre or whatever the fuck that means. Well, I'd be curious. I, to I, see I agree. I'm totally gonna check out the new skate, but I feel like pro skater and skate are two very different things. Like skate is this skateboard sim, pro skater is this arcadey skateboarding game, 
and yeah. that's always been the one I've enjoyed more. It's easier to pick up and play, and it, like, here's the weird thing. The more you try and add a realism to a skateboarding game, the less you can do with it. Yeah, mm. no, I'm with you. I think, like, they kind of evolved it even with an open-world game like Thug. I mean, they were already on the right track, but I'm with you. One is Arcadian fun, and one is more And this more is also coming from me, a guy playing a game like Session, which is the game that people played Skate, and they were like, this is way, well, this is way too unrealistic. Yeah. What they might end up doing is literally exactly what Crash did. Test the waters, and then if it goes well, just have a very pretty throwback kind of a, we'll see what Crash 4 is. We have to play it. We can't. You know, yeah. claim anything. Oh, but yet. the fact that they made it, I think, is, yeah. is more the point yeah. there. Yeah. So that would be cool. And also that both both Activision joints, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, the Activision joints. Which uh, but my favorite part of that PS4 version is you know that PS4 message where it's like recording stopped because you entered a block screen? It happens as this in this game right as the Activision logo pops up, and I get it. I wouldn't want anyone watching on Twitch to know Activision was involved either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> hey, no, I'm trying, hold on, <laughs> trying to get some review codes from Activision, let's slow down, um, on, on a serious note, yeah, on a, le- on a less exciting note, uh, well, I would say on a less spectacular note, the Kingdoms of Omler remaster, still really enjoying, it's not as magical, I'm sure, as the Tony Hawk, uh, remake, I've been glad to see that game is doing well, I've read the Steam reviews, it, it sounds like it's not nearly as, it sounds like they didn't do much, <laughs> Um, I don't know. See, well, you were part of our podcast, and I, I think, like you said earlier, a lot of the things are going to be done under the hood. And Josh, we were actually having an interesting conversation about this on our special one-hour Kings of Omelette review podcast. If you missed it, it's in this feed. You should go check it out. But um, you don't see a lot of remasters and remakes from the that middle era, the 360 PS3 era. Uh, and we're this is like one of the first ones because of the circumstances. And um, I actually think that other than like a, a lot of the wonky looking faces and some environmental things, what they did with the fidelity now that it played so much more of the game, it looks really great. That art style just pops. But it's in that weird middle ground where they didn't do a complete overhaul like Spyro. And it's not like they did with like even Shadow of the Colossus, which is a PS2 game like that weird that PS3 era 360 era is not quite yet ready for a complete overhaul because those games still look pretty good. So They look fine, um, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I so think the, the concerns I heard from, like, checking out reviews and stuff is the stuff they just deci- didn't address, or it seems like there's, like, multiple game-breaking bugs they just did nothing about, and that that new hard mode is basically just making everything spongier, but, like... That that game was always fine for the most part because I guess so. I guess there's not a ton that needs to be done to it, but it would be cool if they fixed some of that stuff. Yeah, that's what I was wondering if like how much they really wanted to do or thought about because a lot of that stuff is pretty straightforward. I I haven't encountered any game breaking bugs, and I've been playing it like pretty much non. I don't think any of it's obvious, but um, I, I have seen people saying like, "Oh, this is a bug that was existed known in the original yeah, and was yeah, known, they and they didn't have. repair it, which is a weird choice." Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, some of that stuff you're mm-hmm. like, what, like the like I told you guys on the review show, the only real issue I had, like it's been, I will say the combat has been refreshing after Ghost of Tsushima, like to actually play a game of like really good combat. Um, but the uh, fuck man like the load times for a game that old are infuriating like it's i'm sorry like on a very basic level if you don't touch anything else in that game 
fine. But please, God, the load times, please. Like, I will go in and out of a building. I will go in and out of a cave. I'll go fast travel here, fast. Because, you know, it has a really good fast travel feature you're going to use a lot. It's going to load every fucking time you do that. Mm. And it's not a big deal if there's loading, but it's a old game. You think, I don't know the inner workings. Maybe I'm just talking on my ass, but you'd like to think that somebody could, like, go into the circuitry of this thing mm. and, like, get rid of the load times. Maybe not. Maybe it's not possible. It Maybe they just, yeah. With all the new textures and everything, it still just takes as long, but it's still running on the old system, so none, none of the streaming is optimized. Like, sp- speaking of which, like, the the thing that Tsushima did so well was that the load times are almost non-existent. You could fast travel across the entire They had world. to actually make them longer because they were worried no one would be able to read the tips and tricks. Yeah, it's just, like, instant, which is... Yeah, really cool. exactly, right? Um, it's funny how those things have, like, different... It's just one of those things at the time where it's like, okay, they weren't that big of a deal at the time, but someone was still mentioned, Yeah, now, hey, now compared to modern load times, it's like... Yeah, you like, just don't what see is, them, What man. is happening? I'm, yeah. yeah, it's... That's the... Because what happens to me is I'm really into the game, and I'm, I'll am find myself just checking my phone or something on a load screen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't want to, like, take the audience out of it. Because um, other than that, everything else for the most part holds up pretty well. It's just fuck those load screens. Oh my god! I don't, I don't oh. see how you think the combat is in some way, shape, or form better than Ghost of Tsushima, though. It's about the same. Uh, it's light years better than Ghost of Tsushima. How? <laughs> well, I mean, I know you haven't played very much of it yet. That no, has nothing to do with it. I'm asking you how. I'm getting to it. Uh, Well, for starters, one of the cool things about the game is how differently every weapon plays. So, for example, um, and I'm not just talking about the fact that you get nice, like, oh, I'm going to get a roll on a nice sword or this and that. But let's say you have your long sword and the way that feels. They really, like, the game feel itself on those weapons. Then you have the broadsword. No, it's not the same, Josh. If you want to say it, say it out loud. The loot's tricking you. This Um, this happens all the time. Oh, my goodness, there's loot. The combat's better. You have the broadsword, um, sort of like a larger greatsword sort of thing, and like that feel, that nice slow chugging attack. You have all your, you have your nice like bow, you have uh, the scepter, you have your chakrams, and like the feel of those things, kind of those big ring things you throw and they kind of fly back at you. You have um, your like magical attacks, which are on, uh, if you hold it, the left trigger, you can throw like lightning and fire and stuff like that, which is add interesting dynamics. You can paralyze people and do all sorts of cool stuff like that, changing the loot itself changes how each of those weapons actually interact as well um so like let's say you get a a piece of loot with like let's say it's bleeding or fire damage or things like that you can add to it or or even in the upgrade tree there's little things like um now you can do a a charging sort of thing there's so it's got your sort of generic skill trees and stuff like that but there's so many weapons and and they all feel really great to use um on top of the fact that the loot changes how all those weapons play, and that's not even including the magic, the the feeling of just rolling around, you don't have to unlock a roll, thank God. Um, it's just, it's great. It feels great. Okay, so I, the only thing I feel like you're making a point on is that there are more weapons that sets itself apart from Tsushima because you talked about paralyzing enemies, which you can... Not necessarily paralyze enemies in Ghost of Tsushima, but you can poison them, or you can make them turn and be on your side with the blow darts. You're talking about lighting your weapon on fire, which you can do with Ghost of Tsushima. Um, you're talking about a bow and arrow, which that game has. You're talking about multiple types of blades, which that game has as well. Uh, the only thing that I will agree with you completely on is how easy it is to hold that trigger. 
and then use the magic definitely feels awesome, which uh, Tsushima doesn't have magic, so I, I don't know if that's that specific thing is really comparable. But everything else, I mean, it's about the same. I mean, Ooh, like the, no. Tsushima, the the weapons feel just as good. Uh, the multiple stances that you can do, which again, you were talking about a heavier charging bat battering attack, you can do that um, as well in Tsushima with the different stances. So it feels about the same. Well, that's only one part of the equation. If you also think about the all the different enemy types you fight in this game and the scale of everything you have these big hulking hulking like titan creatures you have all these like you know your smaller things your wolves your bears your different bosses and things of that nature there's such a variety of things and how they attack you and go to Shima, you're basically going to fight the same thing over and over on top of that and look you said it yourself on the podcast Shay the the combat is serviceable and I think we all agree with you but yeah. the combat in this game is one of the most slotted features about it I don't think there's any argument the combat in um, Kings of Omelette is not pretty great um, i i don't think it's pretty it's, great i think it's to me good. it was always the the world is what people especially what, what i was reading a lot of people saying is that new very hard mode is just oh you made everything have twice as much health yep. yeah 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 the, I, yeah but see that's not that's i don't feel like the I mean, you sat is... there on the podcast when we talked about it i don't know why you're gonna throw what other people are saying at me we talked about it for like an hour the the balancing of that. Well, I didn't play the about game. combat That's... for an hour though. Well, the the balancing comes from how they're handling the loot. Yes, you can make the enemy types a little more difficult as far as like yes, they're going to take more hits, but it requires you number one to use the reckoning meter a lot more, which is something that you had in the original game that was really cool, sort of like a slowdown feature. But you didn't which feel like you had to Tsushima use it that has much. With the, their version of the... that. Yeah, except you don't have to Ghost wait mode. like. 20 hours in the game to get it which is nice um, you don't have to wait 20 hours in the game you just have to be decent at the game in order to the, get it the ghosts you get you get that slow motion thing after killing a, six enemies which is not hard i got no, it plenty of times no i'm talking about when you get it in the game shay you gotta listen to what i'm saying when they give it to you in the game oh, I see is saying, after yeah. an important point in the story at the end of the second act right at the beginning of this game they give you the slowdown reckoning because feature, it adds to the narrative of what they're trying to do with it. Yes, yeah, it's a big part of. They have their narrative narrative reasons for why they're doing it, but it's just nice to have that fundamental thing for like bosses and stuff. Yeah, um, I just like why is it I not get, the re reckoning meter? I the the thing is at the end of the day, it should I, it should I, be. I I get that you want to defend this game because it didn't get the love and praise that it did originally when it first released. I don't think the combat is the best part about the game. I don't think that the combat is any better or worse than your specific example, which was Tsushima. Yeah, I think I they're about on par with each other, and I think that with Kingdoms of Amalur, the world and the experiences that you have with people, like the story, the little minor stories that you learn from the books and whatnot, is far more interesting than the combat. That would be like me saying Oblivion's combat is the best part about Oblivion. I would be yeah. fucking lying. Well, and I absolutely love that why game. I'm good at right-clicking, <laughs> yeah, too. Why everyone was talking about the combat in that game at the time is because we assumed that action RPGs were going to have trash combat. And exactly. Amalur was not. And it was really good. Well, no, so. I don't think... I don't even agree with that. And, like, honestly, Shay, I think that maybe you'll feel a little differently after you play more of it. I know you've hunkered down on this Ghost of Tsushima Hill you want to die on, and you played a lot of that You're game. You're the one who brought it up. I That's can the only reason you, why I'm comparing it. I'm just saying, as someone who's played a lot of both games, that maybe you'd feel a bit differently if you spent a little more time with it. Um, there's a lot more to the combat of King's Ballinger than I think you're giving it credit for. I... Okay, sure. 
Okay. Um, but anyway, Rich, as far as to what you're saying about those reviews, it's not that they're completely off base with like the very hard difficulty making things a little spongier, but as far as how they're balancing the loot, what that what it does in a game that's it's a skill based RPG, right? If you get really good at the combat, like rolling around, like um, knowing when to use your range attacks, it's you can get around an enemy that maybe is a little higher level than you're supposed to based off your skill. But what happens is when you get good at the game. It made the original game a little too easy about halfway through. And the nice thing now is that even though the enemies are a little spongier, just because you get really good at the game, you're not just going to crush the well, things. Well, the, the main complaint I saw was that they are a lot spongier, and it's not so much about the lack of skill or anything. It's that, like, all this means is I need to repair my weapons twice as much. Yeah, I mean, it's... I forgot the nature about of the repairing game. weapons in that game. Goodness, it's been a long that time since I played sucks. the first one. I hate that about the combat, like how your weapons it's, can break. It's in so the silly. You literally just press one button and go to your items and click repair. Didn't you complain <laughs> about that with The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild? It's nothing like the durability in <laughs> Zelda. It seems, I'm not saying that it's any crazy compared. Yeah, it really is. The durability in Zelda serves a function. Yeah, yeah. You, no, yeah, your it weapons break you to and you get never have them again. Yeah, no, it's awesome. I, I love literally just throwing a sword at someone and watching it explode. I I actually am a, a an advocate for, I think the, the dur weapon durability in Zelda is fucking yeah. great. It's amazing. <sighs> well, I want no part of that opinion. <laughs> um. Anyways, we have a one-hour podcast on Kingdoms of Amalur up on our feed. You should check it out. And uh, it's as far as remakes go, it's I'd say it's good. I wouldn't say it's great. I'd say it's more in the good camp. Yeah, I'd um, agree with but that. I, but yeah. Um. All right. Let's see. Oh, Spirit Fair. So Josh has been playing a lot of Spirit Fair before we get to our last break here. Um. Yeah, I played a couple hours of that too, Josh. But if you want to set the premise here real quick, quickly. Um. No, Rich Che. I said the break is in a couple minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. Uh, it's okay. Um it's okay, Josh. You just need me. You don't need anybody yeah. else. Um yeah, we've talked about this briefly on here before, so since it's been a while, I'll kind of start over from scratch, so anybody who's missed that won't be completely lost. Um but Spirit Fair is a sim-ish game. Sort of like along the lines of, uh, I can't even, I'm trying to think of, like, um, in, in the well, same family, distantly, distantly related to something, um, something like, um, um, Stardew Valley, where you're, you know, kind of handling some sim elements and, and, you know, growing plants and whatnot. Um, that sort Growing, of thing. Cooking, farming, yeah, yeah, fishing. that that sort of thing. That's kind of the the mechanics going on, but um, very distantly related because it's not something you're meant to just kind of sit there and you know grind out for forever. Um, it's it's meant to have a story kind of come to an end. Uh, you could theoretically just kind of futz around at the end and not ever end it to do more of the simmy type stuff if you really wanted to, um, but that's not really the story like there's there is a story through line through the whole thing 
Um, well, yeah, the concept is you're like shepherding people through. Yeah, you are. You have the river sticks. You have recently died, and uh, you get you get to the afterlife, and it turns out that uh, Karen really wants to retire. He's been Karen. Karen wants to. Oh, Karen. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. The the ferryman of the damned really wants to retire, and thinks the ferryman. Well, I can is a, foist a Karen. <laughs> Come on, Josh. I was inserting a Karen joke there. Yes, I know. I know. But um, anyway, uh, he's ready to retire. So thinks, mm-hmm. well, I can, I can foist this on this new dead person. Well, they'll just, they'll just kind of take over for me. And anyway, so that becomes your job is you're you're ferrying different people on to the afterlife, which it's it's kind of it's not it's not like a Greek tragedy type thing. It's more of like, it's a, not grim either. I didn't feel grim to me at all. No, it's really not. It's more of like a, uh, if there can be an upbeat limbo, it seems like yeah. there's just this large C almost thematically, up, not the game. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah. L- like a very, very large, uh, ocean that you're on. Um, almost uh, yeah. very, very much like, like wind waker, like mostly mm-hmm. open space, but with just, you know, Islands strewn about where different spirits have kind of set up shop, didn't want to move on, didn't want to, you know, well, you know, we're, we're, we're going to live here now. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. yeah. And, uh, so your job is to, now that Karen has kind of dropped it on your lap, to ferry different people to the afterlife. And, uh. You will pick up different, different fares along your way, different people who have showed up, different spirits, and uh, they will be more or less ready to go, and you'll kind of have to ferry them around. Kind of, a lot of them have their own stuff going on in this place, you know, that they've not moved on with. Kind of, that you need to help them wrap up before they're they're ready to move on, and. Uh, you know, keep them happy all the while, which is kind of the sim aspects of it, like, you know, growing food, cooking stuff, so they're so they're all well-fed and taken care of along the way. Um, and it's got this weird element to, like, how you lay the buildings down, like, in on your ship. Like, they, it's almost like, um, it's not a puzzle. Well, it's kind of a puzzle in, like, where you're allowed to set things, but, like, the height and everything, like, you're kind of creating the vibe of your... Yeah, yeah, you've got your living space. limited space on your ship to build stuff as you go. Yeah. When, when you get to the end, you'll be able to like upgrade your ship to the to the point where, um, the required stuff you have on there will only fill up like a quarter of the ship. So you can like build a bunch of oh, extra okay. stuff. Like, okay, I, I want a bunch of extra fields, and let's Just, get like, some stables stuff. for cows over here. Like, you you end up at, near the end. It's Noah's Ark. That's yeah, the with just like a <laughs> massive, massive ship that you're yeah. using to ferry these people across. Uh huh. With, but. It does a really good job of kind of there's there's a kind of a very very loosely implied story for your main character, um, but in order to um, kind of like how you know pop songs could literally apply to any relationship that has ever happened. It's it's a sort of similar thing. Like the, yeah. like the the details are so loose that 
you're 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 really meant to kind of connect to the main character. Little, did you have issues connecting in that way because it's so like vague and generic in a way? Because I was I was feeling that in what I played. Now, granted, it was only a few hours. It's oddly enough, they I think they did a decent job with that because the first fare you get is actually someone you knew. It was an old friend, so they yeah. they kind of give it. The character is not you. Like it's not just an empty vessel for you to kind of. You know, your character has onto. a history in this. Yeah, the character has a history, um, which is a wild concept. Faring someone you knew, yeah, if you think about it. Yeah, it's, it's a um, yeah, like one it's of, also one of not your old the friend. only person you knew that you. Yeah, you come across <laughs> you come across others. It's, it's a little um, strange, but like the, the first one is kind of the one you knew the most, so that yeah. they give you the most background of the main okay. character right off the bat and kind of like, okay, it's in this own person. And then as you go, you realize that it's, it's, it's purposely super vague, um, which at first I really wanted to kind of like solve this story. Like, okay, we, we need to figure out the main character, but then the more you go, um, the more it feels like what you're deciding to do in this afterlife is your own decision. And it's, it's, it's it's weird how the character seems to start off as kind of their own person and becomes to identify, I don't know, at least for me, I identified more and more and more with the main character to the point where it, was, it didn't feel so much like a different person by the very end. It was like, oh, this is just, yeah. it's just me, um, which is weird. That doesn't really happen in a game, but it it, it does a good job of... It's it's mostly paced out very well. It has it it speeds up probably a little bit too much at the end with as as far as like oh you're gonna start wrapping up a bunch of stories around the same time and send people off, and your ship is gonna just start clearing out and getting more and more empty. Um, it's almost like Pyre, <laughs> just getting rid. Yeah, of Yeah, it's got a very similar feel to where wise. by the very end, uh, Magic Basketball. Yeah, by the very end, you're alone and you're kind of contemplating. At at the end, it's it's just your option whenever you're ready to finally move on yourself. Um, yeah, and it does a really good job of changing changing the the dynamic of what that means to you um, through the game. Because like the first person you kind of send on, I'm like, okay, like I it. It's all about them. And then as it goes more and more, you start feeling like, oh, maybe it's time for me to finally just move on myself. Um, and yeah, like, wh- why, of, yeah. why am I here? Like, you start contemplating that more. Um, more of a kind of a reflection. Here, yeah, it's, it's very reflective. Um, like, there are a few of the characters, you meet just a variety. Um, just a variety. Like, I mentioned the first one you meet is one of your friends that you grew up with your whole life. Um, and then you meet like your uncle, like an uncle that you you weren't like super close with, but you know, an uncle, somebody you knew in your family. And then you'll you'll meet just like a huge variety of other people, um, others. And <sighs> I'm sorry, it sounds like you ended up getting actually pretty into it, which I, I was really and Tom into Nook's it. There. It 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 takes a little while to to like really get into it because it's another one of those games, like I was mentioning, where since you're ferrying people across all this space, there's a lot of time sitting around a lot of time to think. Um, it's not 
empty time because it's a sim game. There's always something. Farming. There's always fishing, something yeah. you could be doing if you want to spend that yeah. time fishing the whole way from port to port. Which I like. Yeah. You can do that. Um, so like they give you things to do during that time, but it's it's still empty downtime. space. It's still downtime, and it gives you a lot of time to kind of reflect on what this means on on death on on the idea of moving on and i felt like by the time you get to the end of the game it it, it was it was really affecting like a few of the characters that i would finally finish everything they had going on in in this world um before they were ready to move on like i really cared about um yeah like stanley is is probably one of my favorite characters ever. He's a uh, he, does he do crossword puzzles? He's he's a you know, he's he's a he's a mushroom. Um, oh, he's, he's, like so all, yes. all the all the different spirits in this uh, <laughs> in this game are like not human. Like they they don't have a human yeah. form. Um, while they're while they're in limbo, uh, and anyway, Stanley is just like this this younger kid who is uh on on your boat. For uh, a fairly short time compared to a lot of the other characters that you're with, but the way they get his story across was so good that by the time I finally, um, finally let him move on and finished everything he had going, I was just I was just crying at the end of it, um, because they were doing such a good job, you know, having you connect yeah. with these characters, um. Like a lot, of the, a lot of the sim aspects that you get, there are things that make the characters feel like it's it's simple stuff, but it makes them feel unique. It makes them feel like, uh, for example, Stanley. He's a little kid. He doesn't like eating his vegetables. Um. So you like you have to accommodate for what they even want to eat while they're while they're on your ship. Um, you've got. Um, uh, a snake on your ship who's a vegan and will not eat anything with any animal products in it. Um, <laughs> and it, like just a variety of things like that that are just like that's change, the true Karen, yeah. Change the way you interact with um, yeah. these different characters, um, act, like actually thinking about them, thinking about what they want, why they're why they haven't moved on yet. Um, and it, it did a really good job of with very limited information. It's not like these super, super detailed stories like, OK, I'm, I'm going to learn everything there is to know about them. You're really only kind of learning just what you need to know why they haven't moved on. And, and not a ton else, but it, it ends up working really well. Yeah. Because of that. Cool. Yeah, now I'll try. I should look Spirit Fair. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, big and pyre kind of big vibes. Pyre vibes also. The art pyre style is amazing. The Laker. animation is outstanding. Um, it's a it's a two D game with hand drawn animations for all these different characters, and it is gorgeous watching these different characters move around. It is just some of the best animations I've seen this year. Um, really, really good stuff. Cool. Spirit Fair. We covered a lot of games today. A lot of games. 
lot of games. Mm -hmm. And now we'll have some fun polls to round up the show when we come back from this short break. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shay. You know what I was thinking about this week? I want to spend my money on a lot of different things, like a wall clock, a face mask, a puzzle, and a t-shirt. You know where I could spend that kind of money? I was thinking about webbed feet, but if you want all that, you can find it at store.swordchomp.com. Oh, store.swordchomp.com. And I've heard they have a bunch of different logos, too. I've heard they have the Sword Chomp logo, the Chomping After Dark logo, and they just recently got up the In the Blood and the Evoking the Sublime logo as well. The rumors are true. Well, that's good. That's good. So if you out there are interested at all, head to store.swordchomp.com. That's store.swordchomp.com. See you there. Wow, that was a short break. Holy shit. <laughs> Unbelievable. They get shorter and shorter. <sighs> um, I do want to say... What did you say to me? <laughs> so I, that would have been a good... That's what she said. They get shorter and shorter. Oh, my God. Just enough time to fuck a pussy. Oh, Ken, no. you're here! <laughs> Back, Rich, baby. Uh, Fridge sounded genuinely so excited that Ken. I was worried about him. (laughs) It's been a rough show for Ken. Um, But before we do the polls, we have a surprise. For legal reasons, you're going to need to stop playing that. That's right. The Crash Bandicoot. Pop quiz. Is it a ghost? That was actually, give him some credit. That was a pretty good impression of uh, Dr. Neocortex. Good job. I used to do that in my living room all the time. (laughs) As Um, he's masturbating. (laughs) (laughs) Can you do do engine? The the oot is me. Crash bandicoot. I need to change my lab coat. Um, this is a really good, we only got two questions this week. Now, remember last time, uh, <laughs> uh, Shay and Rich got one point on the board when we were doing these quizzes. So it's tied one, one, you know, they are on the board, so to speak. It's always fun um, when the quiz ends with us going, why the fuck would I know that? I know we took a little break. So I totally forgot about these, but that's okay. This is a really good question. Okay. That's what you <clears> said last time. I'm I'm legitimately really excited about this one. I shouldn't start with such a I feel like you were legitimately very excited about it last time, too. Ooh, I'm just going to keep building it up. Vicarious Visions built an all-new level for the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. What was it called? I wasn't listening. What was the question? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Vicarious Visions built an all-new level for Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Remakes, remasters, whatever. What was that level called? So, they, you know, they did the remaster and they threw their own level in there. Go. Oh, type okay. It. Gotcha. Punch it in. Already typed. Mm-hmm. And Sh- Shay was cheating. We're, we're just it. hovering enter. <laughs> Me too. Uh, uh, <laughs> never God mind. damn it, Shay. <laughs> That's worse. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Josh is like, if you were cheating, I would have been proud of you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I, I don't, I'm just paranoid. People are always cheating. 
Blame my ex-wife for that. It sounds like you're insecure about maybe something, because you know if you were in the position, you would cheat. Oh, yeah, totally. All right, can we type our answer now? Three, two, one, go. So, Vicarious Visions, Pussy Caverns, and your mother. (laughs) Ken, Ken dropped Pussy Caverns in there, of course. (laughs) I didn't even know Ken was playing. (laughs) Who's playing? Is it Ken or Shay? Okay. <laughs> That's actually a good guess, Josh, because you know we named our, our studios called Vicarious Visions. Why not just throw the level? Yeah, no, that? just put yourself in there, right? That's what That's Trump what would have said. done. The level would have been called Trump Tower. Yep. Just <laughs> up and up and up. No, that would have been no, Rich. No, it would have been called Trump Power. Oh, okay, that's the that's the new slogan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're they're um, not avoiding it anymore. They're just swerving right into it. You guys steer into the skid, baby. Yep. It only would have cost five five bucks a month to have that uh, have that level. Also, you can't Network. access the rest of the game unless you buy that level. <laughs> it costs five dollars yeah. minimum currency purchase is nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the level was called Future Tense. Sadly, um, but good try, everyone. Uh, second question. In Crash what, what are you, what are you do... counting down for? We, we... Oh, I was just singing. Oh, the transition um, mitt. Okay. All yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I just got the music in my head. In Crash Bandicoot, the original, which level comes first? All right. This is one you guys have played, so you should know this. Road to Nowhere or High Road? Road to Nowhere, High Road. Which level comes first? Three, two, one, type. See, it's 50-50. I gave you... Damn it, Josh. <laughs> Rich. Oh, This is the most frustrating quiz ever. There's a 50-50 chance of getting it right, and nobody got it. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is, if I'm really serious, my answer would have been high road. Oh, damn it, Rich. You could, oh, you could have taken a lead here. Mm. Failed me. Yeah, high road is the answer. Unfortunately, um, what did you say, Ken? Come in my mo- what was that? Uh, Shay said, "Oh, he he tried to really answer. He said road to nowhere." Unfortunately, Shay, I'm sorry. As much as you love the original game, it has betrayed you. Josh said, "Happy trail," and Rich said, <laughs> "Did you say your mother again?" No, I said I usually come first. Oh, I usually come first. I I see what you did there. Oh, clever you know, girl. Uh, Rich, that's uh, pretty disappointing in, of you. You should always be looking to please your partner. <laughs> Ken. I didn't realize Ken was so sex positive in like a delightful way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From the from the beginning, there we figured it was mostly just about getting his dick wet. But no, Ken Ken's really a generous <laughs> lover. These sides to Ken. Yeah. That Look, here's just... the thing: if, um, if you're gonna if you're gonna come first. Uh, you gotta make sure that they come second, and then you come last when they least expect it. That I don't like that part. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't like that. Like two days later at dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, this is my boyfriend Ken. What the fuck? Oh my god! You guys no, it's not the time, Ken. Jesus. You guys missed it. Josh secretly made a cum sound and nobody caught it. No, I caught it. It was very quick, but now I know what it sounds like. Do you? Um, <laughs> yeah, because he was definitely you think being most real. Most people's fake cum sound is the same as their real cum sound. 
maybe it's related. It's like in the oh. same. It's not the. It's oh, in the same Morgan. vicinity. Morgan, oh, isn't Morgan. yours like ooga booga? Yeah. I know mine when I go. Is my real one too. You know what's weird? I don't really make a sound, but I do get really tense. Do anybody? Is there any quiet comers out there? What? Quiet comer. Sorry, I just came. <laughs> we, you did we were too? doing a thing. I... Yeah, we're on the same cycle. Oh god. Oh, that's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> same cum cycle. Definitely not a thing. It's <coughs> not sex positive. Uh, every Tuesday we do polls on the Sword Chomp Instagram page, and you vote. Two quick ones here reloaded. Reloaded. Oh god. Related to Amalur 1, uh, Kings of Amalur. Another tragic reminder, you will never bang a hot elf because there's lots of hot elves in this game. And uh, our audience is split. 54% of our audience said, speak for yourself. I will bang a hot elf. And 46% said, life is a cruel jape. So you're never going to bang a hot elf. Although, I mm, cosplay. You know what I mean? Like you could... Like, I'm in a role-playing, so I should ask my wife to just put on some elf ears or something. That might be kind of fun. Have you ever done that, Josh? Have you ever done, like, elf ears or anything like that? Cosplay? Just at Christmas time. <laughs> for, for, you know what? Christmas elves. Yeah. I like where your head's at, Rich. But no, that wasn't one of them. I, I don't. Right? I like where your head's at. I almost played the... No. Hobbit. Hobbit, yes, but no. No, no. Oh, else. yeah, I get down with a halfling, oh. I tell you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd fucking end. <laughs> you guys never did that role play where you go in the room and she's dressed as a wizard and you're just like, these trees are ancient, my lord. Their roots grow deep. <laughs> what kind of accent does that is that for a wizard? That was, that was no, that was that was me being the orc. Oh, okay. I thought that was the wiz- I thought that was the wizard accent. No, I'm, very, I'm, very the, I'm, I'm, I'm the orc. Mm, I liked it. It was good. It was good. I'm into it. Uh, and yeah, it, right now somewhere, Kurt Schilling today when Amalur remastered release. Do you think Kurt Schilling is sad or happy? And our audience is split on that. 50-50. I think he's always sad. I think he's probably happy to see it getting new life, but sad that he his company failed and was a what big What I think you should have seen is, do you think Rhode Island is happy or sad? I don't give a shit about Rhode Island. I think no. they're sad. Because he <laughs> I mean, ruined Rhode Island. They they're, got they're so always up their own ass about everything. The man created a new tax bracket. I don't give a shit. Rhode Island can suck my dick. Edit that out, Josh. I'm, I'm pro Rhode Island, <laughs> and I think you should all tell Morgan to go fuck himself. Mm. Both you of you, do that. both of you, tell Ro- tell Morgan to go suck it. <laughs> all two of you people. I need all two denizens of Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This is actually pretty cool. Um, are you jazzed to play The Witcher 3 again after the announcement of the next-gen upgrades? Curious to see what they say. Our audience was I have more a PC. S- oh, oh, Rich. Yeah, the oh, PC, Rich, the, the, the next-gen upgrades have been out for a few years now. Oh, They're mods, on PC. right? You're going to tell me to play mods. No, no, just playing it on PC. Well, yeah. no, this is potentially a, a, we'll see, potentially what they're saying is a very, a more dramatic rehaul. Like it could be visually, what if it was something pretty, because of how popular this game is and it is um, CD Projekt Red, they don't fuck around. What if this was a pretty extensive 
It won't overhaul. Be. I don't think they'd give away a pretty extensive overhaul for free. Yeah, no, they'd have to fix the combat, and I don't see them doing that for free. Well, look, we already fought about the combat earlier, and let's fight. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I can't argue that. I don't like the combat in that game either. But what if they did, Josh? What if they did? If they did, it'd be <sighs> worth playing, finally. I well, love The Witcher 3. I, I have playing. no reason to not finish it for a 12th time. When Josh says the combat's terrible, Rich, do you get really mad and want to throw your Witcher books everywhere? In a no, my name isn't Morgan Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any Witcher books. I need to get on that, I guess. The combat is better in the Witcher books. It's very detailed. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was good, Josh. It just sunk in on me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> they, they, that's what she said. There is um, Our audience is a little more split. 56% of the audience said yes. I thought it'd be higher, but maybe they're skeptical like you guys are that it's just going to be another a little bit of a cash grab. Are they? Com- they're not completely free, right? Isn't there? Are these completely free? Hold on a second. Because I know what you're saying if you already own the game. Nobody knows. Let me see. Witcher 3. It's free. They already said that. I'm pretty huh. sure it's an update. Unless, unless was... They might be putting them out physical on the next console. But again, like CD Projekt Red is tied up with a pretty big release. Like I don't think this is going to be anything dramatic. It doesn't in seem the way... like it's yeah, a focus. There'd right be now. more of a fanfare around it if it were a real... like. They said, hey, we're going to be putting it on these consoles and it's going to look a little better. Like, they didn't say, like, there's a remaster of Witcher 3 coming to the next well, gen. They haven't said a lot. That's the thing. They have some fancy little ads, but it just says, like, more coming in 2021. So we'll mm, see. Yeah. We'll see. What I, what I was thinking was that it was, like, you could buy... If you haven't bought the game, there's this really nice new version, but if you already own it, you would get that upgrade for All free. All they did is Geralt looks like Henry Cavill now. Oh man, that would be just to make the game worse. How <laughs> uh, I don't know if that. Well, yeah, it would be. I mean, uh, no, Geralt has a certain like. Like I don't think Henry Cavill is a bad fit in that show, but to make the, the likeness of him be replaced, Dude, the they're not going to replace the voice. When, so it would no. just be Henry Cavill with a different voice, which would be really strange. Yeah, it would. Uh, That's the best of version ha- of Justice League. Hello, I'm ha- Geralt. <laughs> It's me, Carol. I'm here to be cutting you with me silver sword. Oh, God. You know, because of our growth here, it would be a lot of fun to have, like, a Chomping After Dark and stuff on The Witcher 3 if those are pretty good remasters next year. So, Are we talking about be... our growth now? I... Uh, I thought we already <laughs> covered that, like, ten minutes ago. <laughs> you know, it all comes back to that. You know, uh... Oh, no. <laughs> I get a little scared every time. <laughs> it's it's always about wants. growth. That's my backup pickup line. You know, I have this, uh, this growth in my pants. Need you to come check it out. <laughs> Can I? I've done everything you asked. Please let my family go. <laughs> That's really misleading because th- when he says growth in his pants, I'm thinking of like a growth on his penis. No, he means his penis. To- I, no, I know, but I was thinking of like some sort of like lesion or herpes or something, you know, like a growth tumor, maybe. What's I the next poll? Yeah, you, you don't expect much to grow on your pants. Like if, if it yeah. started to grow <laughs> on your pants, you should have changed your pants a while ago. It's uh, it, it's <laughs> gone on far that? too Where's, long. How do you? You dirty animal. Do you remember elephantitis? Do I remember elephantitis? 
That's that a question. Like those are one of those first things they show you in, in middle school when they're showing you those slides and the, the elephantitis penises. And What's the like, next <gasps> poll question? Um, Super Mario Brothers 35. This game seems neat, and we get the whole 35-year um, anniversary thing, but is the name good or bad? 50%, 53% of the audience said it's a good name. 47 said name sucks. So basically a split. All these polls are pretty much split if we're going to really get down to brass tacks. I don't know what that means, but I like to say it. You sure tacks do. Are, mm. Tacks are brass. Mm. Uh, and that's it, Josh, because we already talked earlier at the beginning of the show how it wasn't a creepy trucks fucking women fetish. It was actually a sad thing about truckers dying. I don't see why it can't be both. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, I no, personally, it's like, it's like an Old Testament thing. Like the, well, no, the, there's truth to that. The Rich, trucker, the trucker is no longer there to raise the kids, so it's now the truck. It's, it's job. on the truck. It's, it's falls not, to the it's truck. It's the truck's job to raise that child. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I just my problem here is I just don't see how those things are mutually exclusive. Uh huh. You're actually right. I mean, that's the fucking thing about the world we live in, man. Oh God, I'm exhausted. What a weird fucking show. What All is right. it like? 4 p.m. there. Yeah, something. Yeah. It's what I like to hear. It's okay. Ken will do most when I'm of exhausted? the work. Yeah. <laughs> when they're exhausted, that's when you're the most. That's when I knew I blew their pussies and assholes out wide enough. <laughs> I don't like that terminology. <laughs> like, what does that entail? Blowing it I, out. You know, the best thing about these depraved characters is that deep down, you know, these are thoughts that Shay has because he can make them come to life through this character normally so reserved and what are you polite, talking about character but in his head coming to life but my cum brings life to all those <laughs> you're just describing cum like what 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 special <laughs> that cum like that's just that's that's its whole job is it's called seed yeah that's what i was implying ah <laughs> you're just you're just being very literal this time okay you guys can't can you guys see how creepy Shay looks when he gets that close? Can you just see the dark? Do that again, Shay. Get really close to the camera. Just he gets real close, like. <laughs> well, he's grinning like an asshole now, so nothing about it looks creepy. <laughs> it's just really horrifying. I we think you mean so... when Ken gets uh, close to the camera. We have so many arguments today. I think uh, who didn't fight today? Josh and Rich. I think you guys need to fight about something real quick. Now nah, we're good. Uh, Josh, tell Rich something he likes sucks. Rich's asshole is tighter than Josh's. I don't. I have no way to I disprove mean, that. I do. Probably since the polyps. <laughs> How are you measuring? With a ruler. With my dick deep Metri- metric inside those puckering assholes. <laughs> it's like a dipstick with oil, and he just pulls it out and just kind of checks the, uh-huh. the fluid. Level. I don't like this. I don't like this bit. This took a dark twist, and uh, we're going to just I don't think it's a twist. This has been pretty consistent throughout. Yeah, that's true. All right, well, on that note, let's get out of here. I want to thank Rich for being here from New York. Um, Josh for being here from Michigan. Ken Kenneth for being here from Japan. And, of course, I am General Mountain Time here in Montana. And we'll be back next week with an all-new... Chompcast. Hopefully, Shay will be joining us. So, we'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem.
I guess that'll be the ending, whatever it was. I don't even know what Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem means. We've talked about it the last three weeks. How have you not picked this up? Yeah, should I stop recording? <laughs> <laughs> no, just keep going. What is it? Oh, I know about Dr. It's the band from the Muppets. Suck my dick. Oh, I was thinking of that Doogie Howser movie.